This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Nicki Minaj is not having it. She's arguing with journalists. They're trying to get information on her family. So she published the private details of, I think, two journalists. I've only seen one. She posted some guy's uh, business card with his email and phone number on it. And now these journalists online are like, how dare she? She, Who does she think she is? We are journalists. Journalists are better than you. And I'm just laughing the whole time because these journalists are egotistical scumbags for the most part. And so they're whining and crying. So you know what? I'm not going to shed a tear for any of these people. They lie about Nicki Minaj. They they go on CNN claim she's she's scared of vaccines because of swollen balls, which is not what she said. They don't give you the nuance and the actual context. They just want to make fun of people. They just want to smear them and make rage bait. Nicki is waking up to this, or maybe she already knew, and maybe she's finally speaking up. But she she actually said to like one one woman like she called her a. a I don't even know if I'll, I'll, I'll wait. YouTube has a rule on swearing in the first 30 seconds. So we'll <laughs> read what she said about this journalist. And she was like basically saying, I'm coming for you, but in a more aggressive way and called her uh, a female dog. So you know where that went. And I'm, 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 you know what? I don't like name calling. I don't like escalation of conflict. But it's also kind of a, it, it, there is this, this, this cathartic release seeing these journalists. You know, they're trying to go up against somebody who's one of the most famous individuals on the planet, lie about her, insult her, deride her, and she's like, she's got weight to throw around. So this is interesting. Is Nicki Minaj the hero we need to challenge the authoritarianism? She came out and said the U.S. is becoming like communist China, and now this? Wow. We got a bunch of other stories, though. There's one really interesting story that I talked about on my main channel, which is there's an article in The Atlantic where this historian says he predicts a civil war. And the Trump supporters will win. Now, that I found really interesting. He says, ultimately, an authoritarian, regressive, reactionary, you know, political system can't survive. And I'm like, what does that mean? It'll last 20 years, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. Yeah, eventually systems collapse. I get it. But bro came out and said there's going to be a civil war and Trump will. Trump supporters are going to win. He said he thinks it might start with the indictment of Donald Trump. That would be the crossing of the Rubicon. And there's a lot to consider there because ultimately, I think the difference between ancient Rome and now is that. The the Trump supporters are the people who are just like peaceful divorce. Take your state and go. We don't care. They don't want to f- take control of it. So we'll we'll get into all this stuff. We're being joined by Matt Palumbo. 
You want to introduce yourself? Yeah, Matt. I uh, I don't know what else to say besides I'm today's guest. I uh, run a website. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was some guy outside. Yeah. <laughs> some guy from the street that Tim Fan was kind enough to invite me in. Uh, no, no. I'm uh, here to talk about a new book I have out uh, about George Soros, or is coming out, I should say. Um, and I run Dan Bongino's new, uh, news aggregator, BonginoReport.com, um, which is our competitor to the George Report, which, uh, as everyone here knows, uh, kind of blows. Yeah, it used yeah. to be good. I mean, 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the problem, too, was the site never really advanced. Um, in fact, there was an article on the on the Onion like 10 years ago about Drudge Report, and it was like, uh, exclusive report, uh, Drudge has actually been hacked for the past 20 years, and they're trying to make the site, <laughs> they're trying to make the site look like shit. Um, and, oh, you know, you so, so there was, um, you know, A, that, the site never really adapted, and then, and then B, there's been this weird sort of left-wing turn, um, right. a certain under Trump, and... It, he might be sort of bouncing back a little, but overall, it's gone left, and and you know he's hammered uh, his audience, and no one really knows what you know the story is behind that. Well, there you go. Word. Well, yeah. thanks for joining us. We got pleasure. To see you guys. Happy to be here on a Friday. Beautiful Friday night. Mm-hmm. Amazing weather outside. Went for a walk down to the river. Happy oh, to be back. Nice, nice yeah. moonlight. Very sweaty. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> was there you go. There. The yeah. moon hadn't gone down yet, but yeah, I was, because we're actually at the top of a mountain. I, mm-hmm. I got some. What are those little those needle? I'll, I'll think of the I'll think of the word of this plant that I got all over my feet. These little needles, nettle, you walked, nettle. Did you walk barefoot? I walked in sandals oh, through the nettles. Yeah. yeah, it was the nettles. Yeah, we're 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 we're, uh, we're on top of a mountain here. I think we're like 150 feet up or more. Like no, maybe, I think it's way more than that. When I think I was, it might be like 200. When I was driving in, like every 10 foot, there was like a no trespassing sign, and I was getting progressively more nervous. <laughs> more like if this is the wrong house, I'm totally <laughs> getting shot. Well, yeah. it's not. It's, it's it's there's there's two no trespassing signs. Mm-hmm. So don't exaggerate because after the second, <laughs> already one, got me lying. After the Second sign, it's the auto defense turrets. Ah, yes. yeah, yeah, aggressively get that's underground. That's what, I, that's, what yeah. I saw. that's what I saw. Someone actually once claimed that we had full auto fifty cal. Like, I was like, cool. <laughs> like these people are nuts. Like, no, that's not true. It's just a little sign that says, "Don't come in my house." <laughs> But sure, we got Lydia Preston. I loved this rumor about like our auto defense turrets and 50 cal. I was like, this is cool. Why hasn't Tim told me about this? <laughs> I wouldn't that's deny awesome. it. Right? I would just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. We totally have that. Yeah, yeah don't, don't come here. Don't come here. Let them believe it. Right. All right, let's talk. We, we, I, I'm, I'm so uh, excited for this Nicki Minaj story because it's just like <laughs> progressively getting better. But also go to TimCast.com, become a member, help support our fierce and independent journalism. We got so much stuff going on with TimCast. Ian's getting ready to do a cooking show. Oh, it's making me hungry just thinking about it. <laughs> cooking show. I tell you, the, the, the feedback's been great, too. I think people are really excited. The people that like me are really excited to watch the, uh, the cooking it's gonna show. Be like, it's going to be like a hippie, trippy, uh, yeah, cosmic cooking show. You know, man. and I'm, what I'm going to do is... Take people's suggest they're going to send in recipes, and I want to do recipes from fans and things too. I think that'll be be really fun. Don't forget to like this video, this live stream, subscribe to the channel, take that URL right now, post it on every social media website that you can that you have. Help spread the word. That's the the network power. We don't have a massive CNN style marketing budget, but we do have all of you who support the show. So greatly appreciated. Let's read this story. I chose Jezebel for our source. Perfect. Perfect on purpose. Jezebel reports, Nicki Minaj just tried to dox two reporters. It seems like she isn't very happy about what's going on. There's a question mark there. I don't know. I had to read it with the upward inflection. Huh. Uh, Jezebel is a bad website. They're, uh, uh, not, they're, they're not a good website, but I thought it would be interesting to pull up Jezebel because here's what I find fascinating. Jezebel's supposed to be like feminists, feminists, right? It's a supposedly feminist website. So, so right there. Why are they defending the Daily Mail? Isn't that, isn't that weird? So anyway... They prattle on for quite a bit, and then somewhere near the bottom, uh, they go on to mention she hopped on Instagram and posted screenshots to her story that allegedly show a conversation between a reporter in Trinidad attempting to contact some of her family members. One assumes that this reporter must be doing so in order to verify the claims of swollen balls. 
But we will likely never know the truth because Minaj also used her story to attempt to dox the reporters by posting a picture of a business card, a name, and a phone number. And that it was a mail online business card. Mm. Like, it's a Murdoch company. I'm Jezebel's feminist. And they're all of a sudden defend- – these, these people have they, – they claim like these, these are bad outlets and now all of a sudden they're journalists. Okay, sure, whatever. But anyway, for those that are familiar with the story, I'll give you the quick version. Nicki Minaj tweeted that her cousin – her cousin's friend yeah. got the vaccine, became impotent, his balls swole up, and then his fiance left him, which is like an absolutely insane and ridiculous story. <laughs> I, I personally, like based on everything I read, I don't think that had anything to do with the vaccine, but, <laughs> but Nicki Minaj was just telling a story she heard. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Journalists got all angry and they started making fun of her. She then said two things. She didn't want to travel because of her baby. She then said the Met Gala wanted people to get vaccinated. And if she was going to get vaccinated, it wouldn't be for the Met Gala. Then the narrative became Nicki Minaj refuses to attend Met Gala due to vaccine mandates and a fear of swollen balls. Which she wouldn't really have, but. Right. But, but it's just like, it's, it's over the top. And then she's like, yo, you're lying. I didn't say that. Mm -hmm. And the media, what they do is they, they take what she said and twist it Mm -hmm. to the the legal extent they can without getting sued. Mm -hmm. But Nicki Minaj got 180 million followers. So she's, she's going, she's going nuclear on these. Let me, let me show you what she posted. And, uh, so, well, let's get rid of that. She says she posts one thread. I'm not going to read necessarily the, the, the conversation. It's just like a journalist, like their names and stuff. She says threatening my family in Trinidad won't bode well for you in Trinidad harassing my family. I didn't want to give details, but now I will. And this is a guy named James Fielding. I, we blocked out his information. Mm. They're forcing my family to have to hide out. This is what speaking up looks like. Millions of poor people are treated this way by people you think are the good guys. Ooh. This is unconscionable. That one. Well, that was surprising to me because she's now pointing out like these people are bad guys. Huh. They're claiming to be the good guys or the bad guys. She said, Charlene Ramper said, bitch, your days are effing numbered, you dirty hoe. <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> Nikki. You know what? I'm not going to I'm not going to cheer for like that level of, you know, vehemence. Yeah, but Vigil, I yeah. will I will say fighting back. That I respect. Like, I was going to say, like, I'm against doxing people, but the key word there is people. Not internet hole monitors that's jobs to do what these people are doing. And I don't know. It's These people, like, see, all see themselves as gods to some extent. And I do think it's time they sort of get some pushback. And, and who better than someone with a uh, hundred million uh, rabid followers to that's join a, in? That's exactly it. It's yeah. like final, you know, there's there's a bunch of little guys out there who get pushed around and mm-hmm. lied about. There was that CNN story yeah, we, we were actually talking about yeah. before the yeah. show. CNN's like, we're going to dox this guy if he posts a meme yeah. one more time. And it's like, these these, are, these people are insane. They target the little guy. Yeah. And now they've gone after Nicki Minaj, who is the opposite of the little guy. Mm-hmm. She's a juggernaut. Yeah. Maybe, like, celebrities we all don't really like are kind of the, the are, are way forward. It's like the secret to defeat these people. I don't know. Well, it's, it's you see all these conservatives that are, like, cheering her on, like, yeah, she's one of us now. And it's uh, like, no, she, agree, she agrees on one issue like, we don't have to accept them fully, but you know it is nice when we can't align here and there. She is one of us because whatever this side is, we were talking about the other day, the yeah. cult and the not cult. That is true. I don't agree with conservatives on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And like I, I, I always like to mention that I went on Glenn Beck's show. We're sitting in this big movie studio, basically, because Glenn Beck's, the Blaze offices are ridiculously mm-hmm. massive. And we have like this microphone hanging down or whatever, and we're arguing pro-choice versus pro-life with smiles on our faces mm-hmm. and a handshake and like, wow, that was a really great conversation. And I, we're like, yeah. I remember I had that thought the other day too, where I'm like, I think with me, like if I had to, you know, start a new country, it's more the people than the policies. Like I would rather have 
our legislature, but where we can actually talk to each other and actually converse, and, and, and instead of just you know defaming each other and yep. you know do what the left does, where they reinvent the meaning of words. Like I would rather have a more sane populace with a diversity of opinion than an only right wing country, because I mean I don't know what kind of right wing would be even, and and what are the, what are there people I don't like? So that see what things important. There, um, I would say that's never going to happen. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. There are some instances where I'll see the right do something that I consider to be disingenuous mm-hmm. or just like exaggerate or yeah. hyperbolic, you know. There was one where recently happened, Joe Biden was like wearing sunglasses and eating ice cream running around. Yeah. Doing. And he said something like, he was asked about Trump, and he goes, ah, Trump, I don't know, said uh, Robert E. Lee would in Afghanistan. I don't want to talk about it or whatever. Yeah. And they were like, look, he's stuttering and mumbling and he can't yeah. speak. And I'm like, no, that time it just sounded like he was, un- sounded like he was uninterested. Yeah, and was being dismissive. And was being dismissive. Yeah. You don't need to pretend that Joe Biden can't speak. We can all hear him say, tune on a shop at a pressure. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> but, what it was. But it's uh, uh, with, with the quote unquote right or the not cult. It's it's a mix. It's independent voters. You've got like look. You've got people like Jimmy Dore. Right. You know, Jimmy Dore is a socialist, as far as I know. I'm not, I'm not saying it to be derogatory. Like I think he actually identifies as a socialist, and I think Jimmy's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And he points out a lot of the same manipulations and lies in the media. Yeah. So Jimmy Dore sitting down with a conservative, they're probably going to be arguing like crazy, mm-hmm. but then they're going to completely agree on the establishment, the feds, mm-hmm. the war, the manipulation. Mm-hmm. So when Nicki Minaj comes out and she's like, "The media lies," and yeah. I'm not going to stand for it, it's like. Yes, True. this is basically what we're talking about. The people who can who 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 are discerning, they look at the media and they question the narratives, and the people who aren't, who believe whatever they're told. Yeah. So you someone so Nicki Minaj tweets this thing like they're lying about me. Michael Malice tweeted at her, mm-hmm. the corporate press of the enemy of the people, and then someone responded, Nicki Minaj is on the side of the far right. Here we go. But that, the, that's the cult. I mean, that's the weird thing about the left, too, in making every common sense position far right is like you're going to actually normalize the far right, which is not necessarily something you want to do either. Right. But, so but it's, weird, not, it's uh, not even far right. I mean, Michael well, Malice. it's not at all far I, right. I was thinking about yeah. how it's not a volleyball game where it's mm-hmm. like half of us and half of us. It's more like mold toxicity yeah. has entered the system. So it's not like an aberration, like it's there and we can locate it. Mm-hmm. It hits the system and then it disperses throughout. Mm-hmm. So we've got this bits of like toxicity in the system. Mm-hmm. But it's a small percentage of the system, mm-hmm. although it's affecting it. Yeah. And then every the rest of the system is just functioning, and now we're all kind of trying to work I got, together. I got a crazy idea. You know, get the right to get on board with universal health care. And actually, it's not even my joke. It's the Babylon Bee. Trump Trump comes out in support support of impeachment, forcing Democrats to oppose. You remember that one? <laughs> yeah. So I'm not, I'm not even going to claim the joke. It's a, yeah. it's a recycled joke. But yeah, if the right came out and they were like, "We support the Green New Deal and AOC," they'd be like, "AOC is far right." <gasps> Because you can't convert people on the right. Yeah. Politics someone, only flows one someone way. Someone did that with CNN where I think they were arguing for like paid maternity leave. And then Ivanka Trump proposed not that policy but a tax credit for, for mothers. And then CNN ran, wrote an article about why, there was, <laughs> why that was such a horrible policy. Well, this is the world we live in. Yeah. The cult that, – that, that's why I call it the cult. Because like we can – I can sit down and have a conversation about border policy with libertarians. Mm-hmm. And you have libertarians who are pro and for, for and against borders. Mm-hmm. And the people, the libertarians who are like, open borders is the only true libertarian position. And the other person is like, no, no, there should be borders, otherwise you don't have a country. And it's like, those conversations can happen. Yeah. 
We've been trying to get people to come on with Alex Jones. We, we want a leftist to come on. They won't do it because they're scared of him. Not because, you know, you know what the funny thing is? They're scared because he's going to be right. Because when Joe Rogan had him on and Joe Rogan kept fact checking him and then he, Joe would be like, Alex, that's not true. And Alex would be like, look it up. I'm telling you. And then Jamie pulled it up and then, oh yeah, I found it. It's true. It's CNN reporting 2016, some weird thing. When he was here, Alex told me that we eat cloned beef. He's like, all the beef you're eating is all clones. And I'm like, no, it isn't. That's ridiculous. And he's like, look, Google it. And I typed it in and dozens of articles. All of the meat you get is from cloned cows. And I was like, oh. So what happens is we have these leftists. Some of them are like, yeah, I'll do the show. And then later go, no, 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 no I'm not going to do it. Because yeah. what are they going to do when they sit down across from Alex Jones and he says something populist? Mm-hmm. Like, we can't have these elites stealing money from the working class. And they're going to be like, I agree with you, Alex Jones. And mm-hmm. then get, that's going to get clipped yeah. and put everywhere. They're scared. Mm-hmm. They're scared because... Now, I certainly think Alex has been crazy and wrong about a lot of things. Well, he's a nut, but I like the guy. (laughs) But but when he talks about nobody wants to be in the room with the guy, these leftists don't, where they get a sound bite where they're in agreement with him over Mm -hmm. basic issues. When he's talking about 5G cell towers and mutant animal hybrids Mm -hmm. and and weird stuff. It's it's weird because the left can't agree with the right on a single issue. We can agree with a single issue with Nicki Minaj and go, yeah, we'll, we'll align with you there. But, like, they'll find someone they agree with on everything or, or, or even, like, they're canceling within their own. Like, right. like they'll find someone they agree with on everything and be like, oh, he said a homophobic term in Xbox Live in 2003. And yeah. we got to, you know. Oh, what was that? The, the, the Jeopardy guy? Yeah, he posted nine, I think it was nine years ago. When and, and, boobs. and then it's it's so weird, too, because you see, you can see it play out on Twitter, the whole process. And all the other journalists like, wow, great job uh, transcribing this nine-year-old podcast no one knew about. <laughs> like, great work, guys. Yeah, what did he say? He said boobs or something. Something. It was something so... I mean, I already forgot what it was, which would give you... <laughs> and, you know, so. Dude, I, I say it all the time, but like... <clears throat> I don't understand how people would choose to live that way. Mm-hmm. Like, Nicki Minaj is willing to put her career on the line because she's like, screw you. I'm not going to do what you say. Mm-hmm. How is it Nicki Minaj is more more punk rock than Rage Against the Machine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the thing it's with like the left. The they always have an issue, no matter how obscure. Like, I'll be friends with them on Facebook from college, and they're like, oh, this native tribe in the middle of this place you've never heard of needs our help. And I'm like, how do you guys keep track of all this? <laughs> <laughs> and not, I'm not saying it's bad to care. I'm just saying I don't get how you guys get It must be exhausting. I'm, I'm looking forward to like Nikki doing new songs. Yeah, because she, she might incorporate. Uh, oh, it's all, it's all it. going to be in it. Red pills, baby. <laughs> yeah, it, and and she's it's it's like you, uh, you think back to that line from Rage Against the Machine. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Rage on behalf of the Machine, mm-hmm. where they said "F you, I won't do what yeah. you tell me." And now they're they're lying. It, we should rewrite that song. F yeah. you, you better do what they tell yeah. you. And they're not. They were never really anti-establishment. Like if you, uh, well, they actually did a tour. I think it was sponsored by Pepsi once. But mm-hmm. um, you might want to check that. But um, on Tamaro's guitar, the the um the, the black one. I don't know what it's called. I'm not into music. But um, it, it references the Shining Path, which is a Peruvian communist group that killed sixty thousand people. Um, yeah, they're, they're, so so that's like kind of people he's publicly supporting. I mean, it doesn't really seem uh, all that anti-establishment or you're reveling against. But when the when establishment in the U.S. opposes communism, they're mm-hmm. anti-establishment. Yes. So that when so that's the funny thing, right? You've got some people who are who are, this. This is what I what I what I found. I found, uh, I was having a conversation with this hacker guy, relatively prominent prominent during the anonymous era, mm-hmm. Occupy Wall Street, and I was like, we were arguing. And I was like, dude, you guys changed. Like, we didn't change. We still believe in free speech. We still believe in all these things. And then he just was like, yeah, I know. We used you. Yeah. Like, we were anti-establishment because we want to subvert, you know, the, the authority and take over and install our communist, you know, yeah. utopia. 
and you were willing to help us do it, so we tolerated it. Yeah. Now that we have institutional authority, we don't believe in freedom, and we never did. Yep. It was just a means to an end. Yeah. That's that's the thing in politics in general. Like People are only really principled so long as you know, it gets them into power. Um, I think only the right really stays principled, but it's almost to their detriment at certain times. Yep. Like You'll see them be weak on vaccine mandates, for instance, and say, like, well, we can't really tell businesses what to do. Or me, Go ahead. No, no, no. I, uh, I don't want to interrupt. Up. I didn't mm-hmm. want to interrupt. Go ahead. No, it's fine. I was gonna. I wanted to ask though, because um, you might know this. Did, mm-hmm. Has Lauren Boebert proposed repealing the NFA? Uh, I mean, I assume not, um, but yeah. I don't know the. Uh, I actually don't really follow her that much. So, someone may have. Let me look it up. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure, but that's in that National Firearms mm-hmm. Act. It bans tons of weapons. Mm-hmm. It makes it nearly impossible to get specific specific guns that some, I, I, I I think shouldn't even, don't even make sense to be mm-hmm. banned. But there's a ridiculous amount of guns that are banned. Mm-hmm. People don't understand that not only is there a ridiculous amount of guns that are banned. But there's also a ridiculous amount of guns that can't even be made hmm. because of the NFA and other ATF regulations and rules. So so it looks like Senator Kramer, the U.S. Senator from North Dakota, introduced a bill to abolish the NFA. Senator Kramer and colleagues introduced a bill to improve firearm owners' access. Oh, what, when this was is this? Just, uh, this is from June 2021. But this oh, is hey, about, that's great. Yeah, so I don't know. Is, is is that guy? He's he's in right now, and he's doing that. Yeah, uh, I'm not, I wasn't I wasn't doing that to drag Lauren Boebert by any mm-hmm. by, by, anyway. It's just because she is very very much a two A candidate, and I'm wondering like, are the Republicans coming out and being like, you know, we demand right. Seemingly not, part, no. Seemingly part, not, no. Yeah. It's the thing. The Republicans will get power, and then they'll go, well, if you know, we use the government to enforce our principles, the left will do it when they take power. And it's like, well, they already are. I mean, yeah. we, we, it's it's almost like a meme that schools are left-wing. It's like, you guys let them get that way. But so. that's, that's that's the point. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not asking for Lauren, Bo- Lauren Boebert or, any, or Marjorie Taylor Greene or any of these Rand Paul to demand the government give us stuff. Correct. I'm saying repeal the law yeah. and let people decide on their own. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, the issue is... You got a game of tug of war with the left pulling with all their might, and the right's just standing still. Yeah, and you well, also they, they have, do tweet a lot, though. So you've got true, the yeah. fear of, of not getting voted back in mm-hmm. if they anger too many people, yeah. if they get too loud. So they're kind of like don't want to make a noise. Like I didn't even know who that guy was who you just mentioned. Kevin Cameron, yeah, yeah, but there's a, there's a lot of a lot of members lot of Congress you don't know. But come on, look at AOC. Hmm. She stomps around. Yeah, you know, I think her district is like she's not one of those. I think people. it's like D plus twenty five, Lord. Like basically, you could run a dead Democrat against a Republican in her That's district, water, and, and yeah. a dead person would win. Unfortunately, you could run a sawhorse. Yeah, I mean, it, it's literally <laughs> impossible. It, it's a you know Kim Classic level district. So it's not. I problem. mean, no, that, that's that's the crazy thing too. And this is not an exaggeration or a joke. Mm-hmm. If you put sawhorse. Saw space horse D mm-hmm. and you know John Smith R mm-hmm. the saw horse would win yeah, there's, wow. there's because some... people will just see the D and then check it off yep. regardless. Yeah. There's some ma- town I don't know if like, I still only saw the headline but where I think a, a cat won the mayoral election, yeah. which yeah. maybe maybe that was just a joke on the on the people's part. But... There's there's a lot of there's a lot of small towns with only yeah. a couple hundred people that vote yeah. for the dog yeah. because they're they like we don't need a mayor. mayor. What's the yeah. point? Yeah, yeah. But I actually think I wonder if 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 this can be you know pulled off mm-hmm. if you can in. I wonder what would happen if you just went to a district, mm-hmm. got s- someone who's a Republican on the ballot mm-hmm. as a Democrat. I've had that thought. Like yeah. you run and you 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 lead with your issues that are left leaning and just you know kind of stay quiet on the other ones. <laughs> but you don't even it doesn't even matter yeah. if you can get if 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 there's like some obscure district mm-hmm. and you run and it's D plus twenty eight mm-hmm. and you run as a Democrat and you win the primary. See, the issue, I suppose, is I mean, running, the primary is very activisty because mm-hmm. that's where all the hardcore mm-hmm. activists are. 
But what's to stop a Republican from from doing, you know, pulling an AOC and being like, I'm far left, yeah. and then getting in and then go whoof, right I, to the I know you this know, is establishment. A, this is just a sheriff election, but I think that's what was like uh, David Clark, the black sheriff. He used to be on Fox News a lot. Um, oh, yeah. Very conservative, but he he is a de- registered Democrat. And I think it's sort of the same thing. He's in an area where you kind of have to be, even though what he's saying is not that way. Um, I think that's the sim- answer answer to, to, to the problem. Yeah, and so so a Republican runs as a Democrat in a Democrat district and then votes Republican. Yeah, and I think it's just, no one pays attention to those local politics. Right. Like I, I, I mean, I know who my representative is. I don't know who any of the other ones are, and I don't think I, I doubt half the people in my town in my town even know who theirs is. So yeah, I think it would be possible. As uh, sad as you know that well, is. Well, that, that's the thing about. Uh, AOC's district. Mm-hmm. She won the primary with what was it like eleven thousand votes? Mm-hmm. Wow! So imagine if right. a Republican ran as a Democrat and told all of the Republicans because there's I think how many are there two uh, hundred thousand or uh, it's like one hundred twenty thousand Republicans in AOC's district? I think is there? Yeah, interesting. It's like twenty twenty percent. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a little bit more. It's like one hundred fifty. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you got 20,000 activist Republicans Although, to vote in the Democratic primary for the conservative Democrat. Right. Although, was the 11,000, was that her, I can't remember her, like, didn't she have like a runoff with the incumbent or something? Joe Crowley, I think it was. AOC? Yeah. Like, didn't it she, wasn't a runoff. She, she won it? the primary. Oh, that's what, was it, so that's what it was, 11,000 votes in the primary? And then, um, and, that, and then, and then the she wins. That was it. And, and now I, I don't know why I'm, I yep. must be misremembering something weird. I don't know. It, no, it might have been. I think it might have been seventeen thousand, and okay. he got fourteen. Gotcha. But either either way, the point is, it was like in a district of seven hundred fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. That's all you needed to win. Yeah. Okay, Republicans, run as a run as a centrist Democrat. Just vote and know? get all the Republicans to vote for you. Yeah. And then once you're in, be like, oh, I'm joining mm-hmm. the Republican Party. And then you've got <laughs> New York's fourteen as a Republican district in New York. <laughs> like uh, like uh, what was what was Jeff Van Drew? Oh yeah. You saw that guy. He was in New Jersey. He was a moderate Democrat. He won in 20... Uh, yeah, he's flipped, right? Yeah, he flipped yeah, because yeah. of the impeachment. He was like, they're nuts. Yeah. And uh, did he won again, didn't he? I think so. I think, I think he, he's from... I think he's South Jersey, which is yep. the more conservative half right. of... Uh, yeah, massive Trump. I'm Trump. thinking like, we were thinking like, strip the D and the R off the tickets, uh-huh. try that, and then just, but then just vote, and you have yeah. to know who you're voting for, but then it'd be the, whoever the coolest name, and you get <laughs> sure. people would change their names to like, <laughs> Lightning Smash, yeah. and then you were heading towards Camacho and Idiocracy. <laughs> yes, Lightning Smash. It. Yeah. So, I think power. maybe the age of the popularity contest should be. I'd make my, my name like Election Loser, so people would vote for me as a joke. Nobody. Win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody. Nobody uh, wins. I, Ian, I gotta say, I think it's still better. S- slashing the D's and the R's. A, we would be better off if in deep red and deep blue districts, a random person won. Random. I, don't, I really don't like the people drop for the D or the R. That always bothers me. That's, that's all they do. There was the story of the uh, trans anarchist Satanist in New Hampshire. Yeah. I think it was New Hampshire, right? I don't know. That, don't that uh, ran as a Republican and won. It was a primary, though. That's awesome. And it was because Republicans were just like, yep, yep, Republican, sure. Republican. Yeah. And then when the Republicans, these voters found out, they were like, what? I'm outraged. And the, the trans anarchist Satanist said to them, you voted for me. Are they still a Republican? Do we know? I don't know. I don't know. But, um, I, I thought that was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Send, send a message to these people who walk in and go, oh, Mitch McConnell, he's a Republican. <laughs> Lindsey Graham. No. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The, 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 the establishment Republicans are speed bumps for Democrats. Mm-hmm. And it's intentional as far as I, as far as I'm concerned. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What do you uh, What do you guys think about having more parties? Because I I've floated it in both ways. Where I'm like, on one hand, like it allows people to be more honest. Because like, obviously, like within the Republican Party, there's probably three or four different factions. Um, but on the other hand, it could risk making the country more divided in that, you know, instead of one, the blue team versus the red team, you've got eight teams that are. It would be a good thing. You think, I, but it's not possible in first past the post voting systems. Well, that's the thing. We would, it would need to be like Europe where you vote for the party and then whatever percent they get, you know. Like the parliamentary system? Yeah, yeah. Where basically it's like if 70% of the vote is for... Republicans, then Republicans get 70% of the seats. Right. I'm a little ignorant on how they fill those seats. I don't know if the party picks them or what goes on next. I think, I think the party... Decides. I, I assume sure, that's though. it, but I'm not sure, yeah. Uh, if we had 10 libertarian seats mm-hmm. in, in the House... It would force the Democrats and Republicans to compromise. Yeah, I want like a Libertarian Party, a Nationalist Party, like a, I don't know, like a Tea Party Day Party, and the left can have their, you know, crazy different factions, like a Green Party or something. Maybe in a ring of choice. Or DSA, or something like that, yeah. Because look at it this way, there's uh, Bernie Sanders is notorious for compromising and working with Republicans. Mm -hmm. And that's why they called Kamala Harris the most liberal member of the, Mm -hmm. of the, of of Congress. Yeah, so Which is not true. It, it was just based on one year's voting, I think, that particular. It was, it was based on cooperation. Bernie Sanders was willing to cooperate and sponsor Republicans in mm-hmm. exchange for their support on his bills. Right. And his bills were substantially more progressive, but he knew where his paths were. And Kamala Harris was, was just not talking to Republicans at all. That doesn't make her fur- further left than mm-hmm. Bernie, but that's how they, they, they weighed it. Yeah. And I think another thing too was like Bernie, there are certain policies of his, uh, there's literally no point in proposing because it's, they're not stuck. I go anywhere. Um, so obviously like, he has radical beliefs, but they don't show up in the record because, you know, it's just never going to pass. You remember when Bernie, he said this, I think it was, man, when was this? 20, might have been 2018. Mm-hmm. He said, he was asked at a rally, should we have open borders? And he said something like, it's, it's Koch oh. brothers, right? Yeah. He went, no, no, no. That was an interview in 2015. He was asked at a rally and he went, oh, oh, geez, no. Yeah. Like the poor would flood into this country. Yeah. We can't do that. <laughs> and so the World Socialist website called him a nationalist capitalist. Yep. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of people flooding in the country, did you see Drew Hernandez tech oh tweet gosh, from today yeah. of that giant mob yeah. of people yeah. coming yeah. across the border? No, what happened? It's from the air. Uh, you might be able to pull up Drew's oh, and Twitter. Then, and, and then t- after that went viral, didn't like they try to ban the use of drones in that, they sp- did. In that so specific they banned, area? They yeah. banned Fox News flying drones over that particular area. Yeah. So the local law enforcement gave them a helicopter to fly overhead so they could keep recording. Well, I thought nice. it was fantastic. They're, awesome. The people on the border who live there, the local mm-hmm. law enforcement, they're like, this yeah. needs to are go. You, are you talking about the aerial view one? Or yeah, 10,000 migrants have congregated under a border bridge yeah. after crossing illegally, reports Fox News. This is from Del Rio, Texas. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, the, so these these images are crazy, and the Biden administration uh, got the FAA to shut down airspace. Apparently, they're defying it. Drone airspace, I guess. Yeah, I saw Tucker said on the air there, he was telling them, like, literally telling the guy, don't obey them. Right. Let me, let me, let me tell you guys something. There's no United States anymore. Well, not, it certainly doesn't feel united. I mean, we, we are, we're not a republic. Yeah. We, we, we talked about this a couple of days ago with Jack Murphy. Mm. Laws are created in this country now over the past two years as the sovereign decrees it. Mm-hmm. And then the people are given the right to challenge so long as they're mm-hmm. impacted by it. 
the courts can then strike down yeah. their challenge and the law stands. Yeah. That's what's happening with all of the coronavirus lockdowns across yeah, the CDC country. CDC stuff. It's like I, they should not have the authority to create law. And even just... when the Supreme Court says so, mm-hmm. Biden says, I'll do it anyway. Yeah. So now we're in, we're in a, a, a government where governors and the president just say, here's the law. And then the people go, okay, I guess. Not only that, I'll, so that's why I say we're not in a republic. Jack is, Murphy is actually the one who said that, but we're not, we're not a country anymore for one simple reason. At the southern border in Texas, the migrants are going back and forth. I saw that. I yep. saw it looked like that. No, they are. They're, they're literally, it's, it's, it, this is, this is the big news. Mm-hmm. They're going into Mexico and they're walking back and forth as if there's no border anymore. Yeah. Well, there really isn't. I mean, that's it. Yeah. So when it was, when we had a border, mm-hmm. You have a country. It's defined by here's the border of our country where our jurisdiction extends. Mm-hmm. Then we started having problems with illegal immigration. So we started putting up barriers. And then Trump says, you know, we get to the point now where it's like we're going to build a wall because we're asserting our right to have jurisdiction. That this is our country. This is where, where our community lives. Joe Biden gets in and the crisis gets worse. But we identify it as a problem. Illegal immigration, people coming in this country are violating our borders. Now it's been a year. Mm-hmm. No, well, it's been almost a year. It's been, you know three quarters of a year. And Joe Biden, the problem's only gotten worse. Mm-hmm. And it's gotten so bad that the migrants are actually crossing back and forth. Mm-hmm. So people will walk into the United States, go to the camp and hang out, then walk back to Mexico for food and water and go to stores mm-hmm. and then walk back and then sleep under the bridge as if there is no jurisdiction at all anymore. Well, we're having, I think there's like a 20 year high in apprehensions. And I assume because of Biden, we're not not as much effort as even going into apprehensions. And despite that fact, we're at twenty year highs. So it's probably right. so much worse than we can even imagine. Yeah, I imagine Joe Biden sitting there like, "Is the country collapsed yet?" Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the end goal is amnesty, and the, the left is always shifting the goalposts. They'll go, "Oh, we, I mean, we have eleven to thirty million people here. We can't possibly deport them all." So the answer for them is to do nothing, and then thirty years from now, they can go. Hey, there's 50 to 100 million illegals here. We can't deport them all. And it's just, it's endlessly, you know, moving the goalpost and then trying to end with amnesty. The, you know, but the amnesty is, is, is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, illegal immigrants give electoral votes to states. Yep. Yeah. So congressional a, districts are drawn. I have a story about that. Just for people, because we, we bring this up a lot. A lot of people don't know this, and yeah. it's one of the most important points. Congressional districts are drawn up by population, mm-hmm. not by citizenry. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the more non-citizens are in an area, which they can just keep bringing in, then every, the yeah. census comes out and they say, oh, look, we've got – we need more districts. Mm-hmm. California and New York, I think, are actually losing districts this time. So though. I don't know if you've ever had any uh, run-ins with the fact-checkers yet. Um, but my first was over that. I did an article and I was citing, you know, a, a reputable study on how many extra votes does Cal- or how many extra reps does California get due to illegal immigration. Um, and I think it was four or five was what it came out to. So PolitiFact wrote about it. I think it's one. Well, I'll, I'll show you the study. Um, yeah. but, um, it, the, their fact check actually, I think it was two, but so they do a fact check on me. Um, their response was, it's mostly false, because it might actually be two or three. And I went to the evidence where they debunked my claim. They emailed some professor, right. and he said, oh, I think it's probably closer to two or three. That was yep. literally the fact check was some dude whose name Not I even, forget. It's, it's an, so, yeah. They ask an opinion piece to act as a fact check. Yep. And then Facebook gives them the power to, to strike yeah. your business. And down. then like, I think I, I emailed them even the math. I'm like, well, here's you know the average population to reps. Here's their extra population. So it should be this amount and no effect. I think it was the Heritage Foundation said that California ends up with one extra electoral vote and college seat based on uh, and, and and electoral college votes and congressional congressional seat based. Mm-hmm. 
based on the population of illegal immigrants? Yeah, it was Center for Immigration Studies, and to be fair, they might. Oh, okay, yes, yeah, they, they might have also been factoring in. I, I think mine excluded this, but they also did one where they put in legal permanent residents or non-citizens, but they also count, yeah. um, and it also you know generally benefits left-leaning states. I don't. Uh, I don't. I, I think, man, is is Biden's our Buchanan? Mm-hmm. You know, so either the United States is done already. We've got Sarah Silverman coming out being like, I think we should have a country should break up. They can be USA one. We'll be USA two. And I'm like, I did like she would give us one. Though. That was very nice of her. It was very nice. Yeah. But she's independently come to this idea. She yeah. doesn't watch Michael Malice's show. No. And that's what he's been talking about. Mm-hmm. So for her to independently come to this, maybe it's time the country breaks up. I'm like, you know, when the left mm-hmm. and the right are basically like, can we break up, please? Yeah. Then what's keeping it together? Yeah. The only concern I have is. I mean, from our perspective, and definitely because we're all politically involved, it feels like it's half the country hates the other half of the country. But I think it also could be the case that 20% of the country hates the other 20%, and then the remaining 60% like just want to watch The Bachelor. I'm, I'm so, definitely one of those I, other 60%. Okay, yeah, I mean, so, you know, yeah. I don't know if... Uh, I don't think it's that big, actually. I think... It could be 10 and 10, even. You know? I think the fact that... You know, Joe Joe Biden pulled in as many votes as he did. Mm-hmm. Shows that they're regular people who just believe what they're told. Now yeah. they do just want to watch the Bachelor, Bachelor, <laughs> but they're also scared of yeah. the right. Correct. But so it's it's unique to the whatever we would call the establishment, the left, whatever you want to call it. In that, I know people, and this is what I told Bannon, who had no business being in politics. Mm-hmm. Like these are people who've never watched a, a, a minute of news. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, posting videos of them filming themselves, dropping their their mail-in ballots for Biden, saying, we all got to vote for Biden. That kind of zealotry is unique to the left. The right doesn't have that ground Mm -hmm. game. And that's why I think, you know, like the recall effort could have, they were 1.7 million down uh, if you you analyze the data. I don't know if the exact numbers are now. But Trump supporters didn't show up to recall Gavin. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they would have won, but they could have come out. Republicans and the right don't have ground game. Yeah. And I think there are a lot more, as Michael Miles would say, a lot more NPCs on the left in that. Yep. I mean, default liberal, I think, would bright. Default, said. that's the thing. Like, your, your blinders growing up are every musician, artist, mainstream TV show, comedian, every sort of facet of, of the entertainment industry is all left wing. So when you only hear one opinion, you really can't blame someone for just going, oh, okay, this is, uh, you know, it's, I guess what I'm told. But it's not even that, it's the fear. It's like, and you're not right-wing, are you? Yeah. And then when you're like... Yes. <laughs> but, but, but not even that. You're like, no, I just think... There was a viral TikTok, you know, from Libs of TikTok. Oh, it's a great Where this channel. woman's like dancing. It's like, why I broke up with my boyfriend. It's like, unvaccinated. Oh, I saw that one Doesn't today. want the vax. Isn't vaccinated. Doesn't like science. And I'm like... What? These people are insane. I'm like, you all got to see in chemistry. Like, what are you pretending just because you yes. agree on the vaccine science? That- it's not even, they, they, they don't believe in science. I yeah. saw this and I was like, this is the crazy thing. When we say science, mm-hmm. we're talking about analysis, mm-hmm. research, control groups. Mm-hmm. When they say science, they're talking about authority. Well, the thing, too, the phrase, I believe in science, is an unscientific phrase. You don't right. believe it. You, you, ex, you know, accept the data or, or challenge it. And, and if you believe in it, you're not thinking. Yeah, you're supposed to use science to challenge itself. Exactly. Yeah. There's a really great uh, scene in Stargate SG-1. You ever watch that show? Was that the show that was just on downstairs? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, so I, I saw that, that one episode. So they, they uh, in one of the early episodes, they discover they go through a portal to other worlds. They find a, a group of people who are highly technologically advanced, and sh- they consider us primitive, like Earth, the humans you know, on Earth are very primitive, and Carter is explaining Schrodinger's cat, quantum physics, oh, yeah. and he laughs, and he goes... 
And he, he calls it something else. And then she's like, wait, do you know quantum physics? And he goes, yes, we've, uh, we've long, uh, learned of quantum physics and other scientific misconceptions. And she goes, misconceptions? Are you saying you've thrown out quantum physics? And he laughs because like their society, they're not supposed to share their science mm-hmm. with less developed. But that, that was a really great point to be made in a show from the, from, I think the episode was in the nineties that we, we can laugh at the fact that we think we know things and then right. later on we, we continually better our understanding and debunk and disprove and refine our understanding. So when you have people saying, you, you, I believe the science and I'm like, oh, which papers did you read? Yeah. Well, I, Anthony Fauci said on TV, it's like, yo, don't come at me and say that we, our research from reading articles is wrong when I literally read the scientific yeah. papers on these different things yeah. and you did nothing. Yeah. It's and a cult. And with and this is more medical science, but there's and I know Vox sucks, so they did an article on like studies proving and disproving that something is good for you. So they'll have like chocolate yep. and have a list of every study that says it's good and everyone that says it's bad and like for every possible thing it's fifty fifty. Yep. Um now obviously uh, that's a medical science is much harder to control for all that stuff, so it's different than, you know, uh, physics or something. But it, it is interesting. I don't see how because uh, we we had this this argument the other day. There was a point where I felt like we could mend the divide, maybe 20, maybe 2015, 2016, where, where, you know, I'm saying like, we need to make sure we're, we're, we're understanding each other and explaining things in the right way. And if someone is saying racism is prejudice plus power, mm-hmm. then all we got to do is break down what these words mean and, right. and try to come to an understanding. Now we're at the point where it's like, yo, people are wishing for death on each other. Well, we can see, we're at a point where we can all see the same viral video and, somehow predictably you can predict someone's reaction to it or like you can know someone's opinions on guns and know their opinion on abortion like there's all these things that really shouldn't be but I'll I'll tell you where the line is and this is why I say the left is a cult and whatever you want to call this amalgam of different factions Mm -hmm. is not Remember the Acosta? Jim Acosta had the microphone. Yeah, and he was trying to... And the, and the young uh, White House intern trying yeah. to take it from him. Mm-hmm. The, the, the establishment people were arguing that she tried yanking it from him. And the right tried arguing that Acosta like, tried yanking it back yeah. from her. And I think you can clearly see that Acosta was the one take, yeah. using the force. But my position was, I don't know exactly if Jim Acosta was trying to yank it from her mm-hmm. or if he was just like... You're Had reacting. Yeah. Regardless, Jim Acosta should not be fighting with an intern, no matter yeah. who was in the right or wrong. Jim Acosta should have handed the microphone over. And I had high-profile personalities DM me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say who it was, and be like, "Are you being serious with this right now?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Serious with what? You really saying it's his fault?" And I was like, "Why? Why was he standing up there talking for two minutes?" Yeah. And when you're in the White House as a guest. When the intern comes up to take the microphone from you, you say, well, here's your microphone back. And, and, but they, yeah. they don't care. They literally are like, that's why I say it's a cult. <clears throat> it's not about whether it's true or false. Mm-hmm. It's not about whether it was Acosta's fault or the intern's fault. It's about do you agree with me or not? Yeah. And even if I say I don't necessarily agree with the conservatives on this one, but I still think it was wrong that Acosta was even in that situation in the first place. He should have just hand, he should have handed it right to her. Yeah. And they're like, no, you're wrong. You're in a, you're, you're the bad oh, guy. And if it was Peter Ducey and like Biden, a woman for Biden, mm-hmm. we get like a 3,000 word think piece on like, oh, the challenges that female White House interns have always faced in this country and what mm-hmm. we got to do about I've it. I've noticed so. like if someone posts something and then I'll respond like, like Tim will say something and I'll write, yeah, right on, on his comment. Mm-hmm. Other people will read that and they'll be like, he said, look at that sarcastic jerk. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the age yeah. of text is very new for humanity. Oh, I had a, a roommate who would always drop like trolling comments on my post and fans of mine 
didn't know who he was, so they would always get angry at him, and he thought it was hilarious. And the problem is, if I'm not trolling, if I really mean, yeah, right, what you're saying, people will see that and think yeah. I'm being sarcastic and misinterpret, and that's caused massive confusion. You know, I, I tweeted, um, we should ban fat people from hospitals so, bec- so that we can we can protect the healthy. Yeah, it's, it's, a, about, it's, a, it's about the vaccine, It's right? about triage. Yeah. It's about if you choose to be unhealthy, then we will not give you a hospital bed, just like with people who aren't vaccinated. Yeah. And the tweet got thousands of retweets. And I have people responding with, I may be fat, but I'm healthy and have never spent a penny in the hospital. And then, yes. and, then and then the guy goes, you're being sarcastic. Like he responds again, dot, 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 you're being sarcastic, aren't you? Like it, it was a tweet. The, the purpose of the tweet is you, you got to understand about when you're, when you, when you do trolling well, it was not a serious tweet. Mm-hmm. I'm not literally calling for fat people to be banned from hospitals. Mm-hmm. I'm constructing an argument. That puts them in a principled predicament. Mm-hmm. If they say, well, the reason we think the unvaccinated shouldn't be given hospital beds is because of triage. Mm-hmm. Then I start with fat people should be banned because of triage, like the unvaccinated, right? Yeah. And it forces, often when I do these tweets, the left can't even respond mm-hmm. because it would shatter their, their and narrative. It applies to liter- like almost any reason you'd be in a hospital. Like you could break your leg in a skateboarding accident. Are we going to say, oh, well, you shouldn't have taken that risk. So it's your fault. I mean, it, and it, it also sort of undermines their case for universal, uh, universal health care. And that if these people were in charge of it, uh, it seems like they're going to be sort of nitpicking who and who, who's allowed to have it. And, Look what and they're doing with so, Florida. Yeah. Joe so. Biden takes away some of the monoclonal antibodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, we got to give it to other people. And it's like, why the other states aren't ordering it? Right. Florida is ordering it because Florida needs it. Why would you take them away? Because it's punishment. Yeah. Let's let, let, let's talk about this because I, I want to show you this article I got from the Atlantic. This is uh, a series. This was an article published August thirteenth. It's a series on ancient Rome and the fall of the Roman Republic, and it's uh, really really quite interesting. Now, this guy writing for the Atlantic, it's a mainstream media thing. It's a left left wing. Said he basically says the Trump supporters live in fantasy land and they're reactionaries. Clearly, doesn't like Trump supporters. But here's what he says: Will the Trumpist party similarly ultimately prevail once they cross the Rubicon? I have been predicting for years that something resembling a civil war will arise and something like Trumpists, Trumpists likely will carry the day in the short term. But a reactionary philosophy that rejects fact in favor of fantasy is economically retrograde and socially repugnant to the majority of Americans can, can impose its rule only for so long. You know what's really funny about that? When you take out the fact that the Trump supporters are not the ones who believe in fantasy, mm-hmm. but typically are the ones who are critically thinking. Mm-hmm. Not all of them. They have their zealots. What he's basically saying is the Trump supporters will win. Well, we have all the guns, and, so. And <laughs> yeah, but, the, but the, the, the military and the cops have guns, too. This, right. is, this, this, this mm-hmm. is one thing that the right doesn't seem to understand. You know, I see these comments all the time. They were like, how is the left going to win a conflict when the right are the ones with the guns? I don't know. The right's the one that are, they're leaving the military. The officers are resigning yeah. and quitting the police force and leaving in the establishment shills yeah. who are armed. But in this, if you if you if you're operating under the presumption that Trump supporters are going to win and then say, but they can't hold power for long because, you know, insert disparaging comments about Trump supporters. okay well, if you look at the right, if you look at the the, the thought leaders on the right, they're typically critical thinkers. They're biased. Like Daily Wire is a conservative biased site, but they don't post lies. Correct then the reality is it's the left that's retrograde and reactionary mm-hmm. and in favor of fantasy. They think the economy is good right now. Yeah. No, so so what, what they're really saying is this guy, based on his assessment of ancient Rome and what's happening now, thinks there will be a civil war and the Trump side will win. Hmm. 
I wonder too, like when people say civil war, like, do they literally mean for the entire country, or do they just mean like in some region of it, you know, will be taken over? Because like it would be the entire country. Like, so we just get to claim Alaska and Hawaii somehow? It's just no uh, in the package, or so it, people. The, the problem with Americans is that their view of civil war is based on one of the most unique internal conflicts mm-hmm. in history: the American Civil War. Right was a union of states of different jurisdictions aligning against each other, whereas most civil wars are factions fighting everywhere in the country at the same time. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the Spanish Civil War and see like the different pockets that emerged of the the Republicans versus the communists or whatever, and then they're fighting each other and then gaining more and more ground and eventually they take over. I think Spain went, you know, military dictatorship or whatever. That's like, oh, okay, that's how a civil war operates. But Americans are like, there was the Mason-Dixon line, and then West Virginia became a state, and Virginia separated. And it's like, that's because each state was basically a country right. with a sovereign state. Mm-hmm. And so when the Union got shaky, states seceded of their own accord without right. what other states thought. Mm-hmm. And then because of the conflict, the Confederacy joined forces mm-hmm. to defend themselves against the Union. And that's why they called it the War of Northern Aggression. Was there a big call from the citizenry to, to go to Civil War, the American Civil War? Was that all like a government? I think it was a government thing. All the governors I'm just not, decided, right? Uh, not, not a governor thing. I think it was a government thing. I mean, the the legislatures. And I think regular people didn't want it, but nothing could be done. I mean, first and foremost, slavery. Here's the other difference between a, a, a modern Civil War and the past Civil War. You can argue, and, and, and I, I think this, this, I agree with this, that slavery was so morally repugnant going in to stop slavery was a cause in unto itself. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if we had a state right now that was like enslaving people, mm-hmm. I would be demanding the federal government like we cannot tolerate mm-hmm. in our own country. It's a violation of all of our rights and it must be ended immediately. And so I can certainly understand why the North was like, we're, we're not going to let these states do this. First of all, we, they had continually passed laws that were like, we're going to get rid of slavery and the South was mad about it and wanted to leave the Union. War breaks out. But when you have that moral issue... And I think everyone everyone agrees. Like you know, and it, it it was a good thing to end slavery. I agree. Slavery was really bad. Well, that's yeah. the thing. Like, name a person right now. Brave. I'm sure there are some crackpot, you know, uh, individuals and racists mm-hmm. who are like angry about it. But 99.99 percent of everyone agrees. Right. It turned out properly. It was the right thing. Mm-hmm. Today, we do not have that moral issue. Our moral issues are like, I live in the mountains of West Virginia, and I want to own a gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm from New York, and I think you shouldn't be allowed to have one. <laughs> Could you imagine? That makes no sense. There's no, no one's going to invade West Virginia to end the, the, the moral repugnance of gun ownership. And no, no, no one from West Virginia is going to go invade New York to stop them. They're going to be like, what's going to happen is West Virginia is going to be like, we out. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. I also had this thought, too, in my uh, various dreams of secession. I, I had this thought that, like, I think the biggest divide, too, is urban-rural, and that even if a state were to succeed, its population centers are probably still going to be left-wing and still have outsized influence, even if, you know, people, you know, in the majority of the, the square mileage of it are right-wing. So, and I know this would never happen, but like, I don't know if it would make more sense to have, you know, sort of city-states for liberals than, you know, everything else for the conservatives. They'd fall in I don't two know. seconds. Yeah. They'd fall in two seconds. I think it is true that even in West Virginia, the states are, are blue. It's the craziest thing. People should check this out. Come to West Virginia. Go to Central West. We, we were in Central West Virginia in some small town, and the bars got the, the trans rainbow flag. Oh, Jesus. And I'm like, we're in why? Central West Virginia, and I'm like, I don't understand why ur- even small urban centers become leftist. The internet, you know, I yeah, think so. like the internet. Yeah. I mean, there's actually a really interesting book by Jonathan Haidt, and he points out that conservatives and liberals actually have different brain structures, and that we, I mean, we are just fundamentally different, and it could just be naturally people with more left leaning and progressive views tend to congregate among other people, and weaker and, people and, and, who need support and, and want to mooch off others. And conservatives is kind of like you know space, and like I, there have been polls on this, like with conservatives, would you rather have to drive ten minutes to get somewhere or walk you know ten minutes? And most liberals will say, oh, I'll walk to the store. Most conservatives would prefer the drive, um, and those traits just kind of self select you into that kind of life. Style. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jonathan Knight's research is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Liberals have only two of six moral foundations. Yes. Care and fairness. Mm-hmm. Conservatives have all six, yeah. and libertarians only have one. What's, the, what's theirs? Liberty. Liberty. Oh, no. that's it. Yeah, it's in the The name, only you know? thing. Yeah. So there's, you can take these tests to, to weigh your moral foundations. And uh, when I take the test, it comes up left liberal. Mm-hmm. But it's because I have a little bit more care and fairness and then a slight balance across the board. Mm-hmm. Liberty, care and fairness for me are really, really high. And I think that really makes sense. I'm like, I'm left with a lot of policy issues, mm-hmm. but I'm, I, I favor more liberty, which right. means I'm typically in opposition to the authoritarianism. And then when it comes to the other moral foundations, I do have them more than the average liberal. But watching libertarians take the test, because some of these questions, like, I can't even say what some of the questions are. Like, oh man, there's, there's questions about incest. Yes. Oh. Yeah. And oh, so cool. libertarians Spicy. are like, zero on these other moral foundations and liberty's a hundred because they're like, I don't care what you do. Get the government out. And I'm like, I don't, I, I've got, yeah, cause there's, there's purity, there's authority, there's loyalty, there's authority, liberty, care, and fairness, I think are the, you know, so purity is like, there's a reason for that moral foundation because, and I, I, I was reading about it. I think purity has a lot to do with disease that people who didn't care about like debauchery, would be more likely to spread diseases. So you end up with certain traditions emerging of being clean and being, yeah. you know, pure. You can see that, like, in religion, like, not even shellfish. And it's like, well, at that time, yeah. that actually was a pretty, you know, brilliant uh, suggestion. And yeah, and pork, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, broken, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, now we, we've we've gotten better at, you know, cleaning and cooking and everything, mm-hmm. so it's safer, but you can see those those things still exist. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll, I'll add one thing to this, too. You know, I don't know exactly what will happen in, in terms of civil war, but I can say... If we have two distinct cultures forming in this country, mm-hmm. laws cannot be enforced, period. So the example I give is that – I don't know if you've ever seen these books. It's like Wacky Laws. The U.S. still oh, has. Oh, yeah. There's a million of them, yeah. But why don't we enforce those laws? Like, like you yeah. can't you can't take showers on Tuesdays in mm-hmm. you know Rhode Island. Yeah, we just, like, we just know intuitively it's absurd. And I mean, at the time it made sense. Yeah, at the time, yeah. So the, I'm not saying Rhode Island literally bans showers, but there are places mm-hmm. in the East Coast that were like you can't shower on Tuesdays. Why? Well, maybe because Tuesday was the day they they allotted to the farmers to mm-hmm. get access to the fresh water 
so they could you know farm their crops and you couldn't be well and then there's some there's some things where it's like you can't uh put pies on the windowsill mm. on sunday mornings maybe it's because sunday mornings was when the church would come and it would attract animals and then there'd right. be people around and it would cause problems and no more putting your food on the windowsills to mm. cool because the animals come and but now it's the animals are gone yeah. and people are going to church less and we have you know we just don't have that problem anymore mm. so culturally we just ignore that law mm-hmm. now what happens when you have two distinct cultures and then you have a law in the books, which is... It's like guns. It happens a lot, actually. Yeah. yeah. What's that law? The uh, It's old. That old law that they were like, are they going to invoke the Insurrection Act? Is that what it is? Some old, old law. Oh, the riots? Like, yeah, about like sending not sending a spy overseas or something. Oh, the Logan Act. Act. Yeah. The Logan yeah. Act. The guy that the act is actually named after lobbied a foreign government after the act was passed. So it didn't even deter him when it was passed. <laughs> yeah. They tried to get Michael Flynn on it. It was... Uh, a, and it makes no sense. It's never to, been not, used. Not to put my own work, but I, I did a book where... That was a, a, a section of it with one Gino. Is it, is, uh, what, is it? Isn't there an argument that Mark Milley may have violated the Logan Act? Um, he was. He was. He was. Oh, in, he, yeah. was he was discussing U.S. military policy with foreign adversaries. I mean, I would say yes, but it you know, won't matter in that it, it's never you know been enforced. So, and that's that's where it comes down to. Yeah. If Republicans actually had power, mm-hmm. now Republicans the wrong word. Lindsey Graham wouldn't do anything. <laughs> if conservatives, Trump supporters, had power, Hillary Clinton would be indicted. Uh, tons of the Russiagate people, all these people who lied would be indicted, per, like just across the board for all the lies they put out. They'd find something. You got that one lawyer who lied. You the know, Alpha Bank. What's his name? Sussman? Is that yeah, his name? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, me and Bongino debunked that like four and a half years ago. And it's just funny, <gasps> yep. like the news cycle where I'm going, oh, we, we were right about all of that. That's kind of cool. What's the so, story? So, what's so, uh, a lawyer fabricated evidence. He claimed that like this, there was a server in a Trump Tower that was communicating with a Russian bank called Alpha Bank. Uh, and it turned out to just be complete bullshit, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whoa. And Hillary Clinton was tweeting it, and John yeah. Podesta was tweeting it, yeah. and all these journalists were like, Trump's secret server, yeah. and it was I mean, fake. the whole, the whole um, Michael Flynn with the Logan Act, he was called while he was on vacation. Um, the people who called him knew his knew that they were going to uh, Sorry, he knew he was going to be getting called by a Russian ambassador. Because he's on vacation, there's no way for him to prevent his call being intercepted. So the whole thing's getting recorded. And then, it, the, you know, the, that's kind of sort of what led to his downfall under Trump. And they started, like, mentioning the Logan Act. And I'm going, well, why would you mention the Logan Act to get to take this guy down when it's never been invoked? Only if this whole thing was planned, so you could try to find some sort of reason to get rid of the guy. Look, you, and it worked. You, so. you look at everything we talked about already. Yeah. The border is so porous. Illegal immigrants are going back and forth. Yeah. There's no, there's no border. Biden's watching it crumble. The economy's in shambles. The, the, the system of, of, of the, the separation of powers has completely yeah. gone. And we had in the past five years fake indictments or, or, or I mean, literally against political, uh, uh, a political party, a political group. For the sake of power. And we don't even really have three branches anymore because, as we were talking about earlier, the CDC is just creating a law out of thin air and, and other agencies. And there's and it's up to us to say, oh, actually, you can't do that. And when the Supreme Court told Biden the eviction moratorium was illegal, he went, I'll do it anyway. Yeah. And the Supreme Court could do nothing to stop him. Yeah. So you look back at the Russiagate stuff, and I think a lot of people said the country was done when that stuff came out. Michael Flynn goes to an informal meeting at the White House, and he gets asked, so did you talk to a Russian uh, ambassador? And he goes, no, no. And they go, okay. Then later they come back, you lied to us. That's it was, a crime. It was actually a bit more complicated than that. So they, they bring him in for questioning. As they're questioning him, they have a transcript. I thought it was informal, though. Like it wasn't. Yeah, uh, it was like two guys. It was Peter Strzok and someone else. Um, so they bring him in for questioning. Like he didn't know he was being investigated. No. So they just bring him for routine questioning. And he did admit to the call. He told all the contents of the call. And they, as they're questioning him, have a transcript of the call in front of them. 
Meaning they're not asking him to get the truth of what happened. They're, they're trying to see if he's trying fishing. to deviate. And right. then they report back, no, there was no irregularities. And then somehow in the chain of command, and I have no idea how, it changes to he lied about his call. Oh, Even and, though and, the and, agents had notes saying he didn't lie. And, and there was that document that came out where, like, Clapper and Biden had a meeting. Mm-hmm. And they were like, mm-hmm. how can we get this guy? Yeah. It was the, the Democratic Party and what they did with Russiagate mm-hmm. and what Vindman did with Ukraine. Yeah. These people are, man, I don't even, I don't know the right word. Uh, uh, it's, it's sedition. Like, I honestly, like, when I first started writing Spygate, I was like, you know, this will be interesting, but like, you know, I, it can't be that crazy. And, uh, it, it turns <laughs> out, like, you know, that the sort of like type of politics you see in, uh, in a, like, in a movie is actually more real than you'd think. Let's break this down. Yeah. Donald Trump is on the phone with president of Ukraine, mm-hmm. and he says something off the cuff about, like, you see this, what's this thing going on about Biden and, and this quid pro quo or something? Why don't yeah. you guys look into that? Yeah. Trump clearly had no idea what he was talking about yeah. in this phone call. Mm-hmm. But what happened was it was a viral video where Joe Biden's at, where, where was he at? It was, um, it, 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 was, it wasn't the Council on Foreign Relations. No, it was, uh, I can't remember. Was it the one where it, it someone Biden Sorry, bragged that he was able to get the, the investigation? Was, the event he was at. I can't remember the event. I can't remember the event. But he says. Yeah, but he bragged about it. He, I went to the president and said, look, if you don't fire the prosecutor, you're not getting the money. Yeah, you're and, and he said, yeah. you, you, don't, you don't have the authority to do that. And he goes, call the president. Yeah. Well, son of a bitch. Yeah. Six hours later, prosecutor's fired. Yeah. So Trump hears about this. Mm-hmm. Asks the new Ukrainian president, like, well, look, look at this. Joe Biden had not announced any political ambitions. Yeah. And then everyone said Trump was going after his political rival. And we were like, but Biden's not running and, for president. And this call, I think, or I think the, it was in September that Trump had this call and people were saying he threatened to withhold military aid. But the military aid was actually had been withheld since I think January or right. February for for other reasons. So so so, here, so here's here's what you need to understand, Ian. Yeah, that was the Council on Foreign Relations. Council on Foreign recently. Relations, where he said it. <clears throat> Biden admits brags that he said he would withhold foreign aid mm-hmm. in exchange for getting a guy fired. The the media said, but we we do this all the time. We pressure countries for this reason. So when Donald Trump says, I want you to investigate what happened with this, they called that a quid pro quo, even though Trump didn't ask for anything. So here's what really happens. They claim that Donald Trump was abusing his power by trying to use Ukraine to go after his political opponents. What really happened was that Joe Biden shut down, whether on purpose or not, an investigation, multiple, many investigations, but some into Burisma, where his son happened to be on the board. Mm-hmm. Mykola Zl- Zlachevsky, the founder of Burisma, had fled Ukraine. Biden comes in, gets the prosecutor fired. Zlachevsky returns. Trump comes back in and says, I want this investigated. Yeah. Zlachevsky flees again. But the media comes out and says Trump was the criminal. Joe Biden flew on Air Force Two with his son to China to negotiate a private equity deal. But Trump's colluding with Russia. Mm-hmm. Michael Flynn, who's, I think he was talking to Sally Yates. And he said... Yes, she's the one who sort of... She's the one who first pitched the maybe he voted the Logan Act, leading me to believe she because was sort of behind it. he said, I think China is a greater adversary than Russia. And then all of a sudden she was like, oh, geez, oh, no. He's colluding with Russia, yeah. trying to downplay it. The reality is, I think China according to Mike Pompeo, has infiltrated every level of our country in a government. That's what he said. You've got the Thousand Talents program where they're actually hiring our own professors to give away our research back to them. You've got Chinese uh, individuals being caught carrying infectious diseases. And creating them. <laughs> and and, yeah. and br- bringing them illegally through the U.S. And then strangely, when Michael Flynn says, I think China's a bigger threat, all of a sudden there's alarm bells going off in the Democratic Party, and they seek to then get indictments 
and Russia Gate was fake. Mm-hmm. It was years where even I was like, well, this is interesting. We should ab- absolutely look into this. And then afterwards, it's over. Rachel Maddow's on the verge of tears. <laughs> when, these, um, these, listen, you didn't understand. Yeah. When I say these people are evil, dude. Oh, and and the NPC default liberals who line up behind them and and in the millions to vote for them because they're in this matrix. This is a whole new. This, this is a level of depravity that yeah. can't be described in words. Whole new paradigm. I, after the Hillary uh, emails came out, I was just like gobstopped, gobsmacked at like the Sydney Blumenthal Osprey Osprey Global Solutions Libya contracts, mm-hmm. like that she was pushing for her buddy Sydney and. Nothing, you know, and can I was it, like, "Wow, tyranny's yeah. real." But then Trump won, so I was like, "Oh, maybe tyranny's not." Oh, all, then, then what did they do to him? And then what did they do to him? Oh, can I just the first anti-war president of of people's ever? lives? Yeah. Look, can what, I can I just point out that um, wouldn't it be wouldn't it? Okay, imagine you lived in a country, and a high-ranking cabinet member in the executive branch had a nonprofit that was taking in millions of dollars from foreign governments. And the pro- that prophet was named after this individual in the in, in, in the in, in the cabin in the executive branch. I mean, surely that would shock people to their cores when say like, like well, imagine Saudi Arabia was giving tens of millions yeah, so of dollars right. yeah. to this, and we'll call it the the, the Blinton Foundation, just as you know, like, yeah, like while they're just well, pick well, a name. Secretary of State, yeah, yeah. and uh, we'll call it the Blinton Secretary. And, of, uh, yeah, yeah you get the good. point. The Blinton Foundation, and then as soon as the. Uh, uh, this individual doesn't win the election. The very corrupt, very very corrupt. <laughs> and that was the first time the email scandal was the first time I saw it very clearly. Very because it was very obvious if you looked at the emails and you looked up Sydney Blumenthal and you wanted to look at like she was directly instructed by Obama not to work with Sydney and she was just doing it because he was an old Clinton advisor for like thirty years. He's worked with the Clintons. It's 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 terrifying. Either, Doesn't mean either, that it's impossible, either. but I mean cryptocurrency and the and the underground movement is is very promising, but politically it's it's terrifying. These are interesting times. Yeah, and the power is in the media, which is why shows like this are so cool. Yeah, we're we're fighting an uphill battle, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, I will say as the, the 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 challenge the establishment faces is that they're they're losing control. So ultimately I think everything might lead to some kind of balkanization, regional mm-hmm. breakups. And they can't do anything about it. You know, so uh, earlier I saw, you know, you guys were doing the Fediverse meeting. And you know, I was talking to Andreas about it. So for those that aren't familiar, we pitched this idea. Ian and the crew have been working on this with a big team. The idea is to create an open source software that allows you to have your own website, social media presence, subscription service that's networked. So no one can ban you anymore because it's your website. But your website does connect with the network. So if you go to my site, you can see a Twitter feed. And each individual tweet comes from an individual's own private server, unbannable. And so we talked about this and I was like, sooner or later, someone's got to try to shut this down because this would like, if we actually get to the point where we have mass adoption of, uh, imagine you owned your own private Patreon where you had subscription service, you could post a video feed, you could post tweets and it would actually link and people, and people could follow you across different networks. The technology already exists. It's called the Fediverse. Gab is on it. And now we are ramping up and trying to create website applications so that it can be really easy for people to, people to use. Imagine if we get to that point where the powers that be can no longer censor the news about Hunter Biden because the network is totally decentralized. And I'm like, someone's going to have to try and stop that, right? Because it usurps Facebook's power. And then you know, the conversation was just, how would you do it? It's a decentralized project. No one person is running it. It's open source code. Who do you go after to stop it? You can't. And because technology already exists, they can't stop crypto either. There's nothing they can do. Ultimately, the end result is going to be that they lose the ability to to manipulate the media. They lose the ability to create the propaganda. And then it's just free for all. 
The only thing I can think of that you can do with crypto is sort of on the, the, I guess, when you're cashing out, because you need to go through a legitimate brokerage to convert to cash. But if you're yep. never, never going to convert to cash, you're, you don't. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you, you use like Tether, or not Tether, I think they're kind of fraudulent. I think but Bitcoin's well, le- one of the pegged. Uh, Bitcoin's Bitcoin. become a legal currency yeah. in uh, what El, El Salvador. El Salvador. El Salvador. Yeah. You don't need to go through. Uh, if you have crypto and the crypto has value, that's it. Look, we yeah. got these little obsidian rocks that you, Ian, you bought these up. I love these things, yeah. yeah. We <laughs> all got one on our hands. If this is value enough for you, I can trade it with you, and I've got to go. Th- we now should, We should make an NFT. Okay. Of it. Ian's obsidian stones. I'm very excited about the future of NFTs. <laughs> the NFT revolution is upon us. It's like what, how cool Bitcoin was in 2011. So if you're paying to, paying attention to NFTs now, keep paying um, attention. Get I'm involved. I mean, it's just a new form of data transmission. I'm, I'm, I like it. Was it called like ER17 or something? Or yeah, it's ERC170, is it? ERC, like that, huh? It's not ERC20. It's a different kind of ERC token. NFTs are going to be awesome because we're talking we're, – we're talk, we have a top secret project that we're, we're uh, creating – and the idea is NFTs are unique, non-copyable digital assets, mm-hmm. non-fungible. So this means that we're going to be able to create digital hard assets mm-hmm. that are completely unique. And so we're working on some projects. That's As cool. for like people posting photos and then selling it for fifty grand, I'm like, that's right. Nice. I just don't get who these people are buying it. Uh, who's got fifty? Who's Look, got fifty it, grand assume, to buy a cat? I assume it could just be some guy who like made a bajillion dollars in Bitcoin and is just yeah. Where do you spend you know, your yeah. crypto? Well, yeah. on NFTs, basically, that's one way to spend your crypto. I think uh, or to trade your crypto, basically. You know, just in, in line with what we were saying about like the country breaking apart with crypto, no one needs the Federal Reserve. You know, and, and not only that, El Salvador was one. It was one of the smartest things a country could have done, especially a country with a, with you know, it, it, not as wealthy as say the United mm-hmm. States. Because now that they're getting all of their citizenry to use Bitcoin, Bitcoin is going to keep going up in value. Yeah, it's also helping them too because their their um, economy is dollarized. Um, and they're, they're lose, constantly losing dollars due to imports versus exports, right. and they can't print any more money. So this kind of also works around that problem for them. Well, they can't print Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. But the but thing is, when a citizen easy. holds 0.1 Bitcoin because they're planning on using it, and the next day Bitcoin's up 10%. Yeah, they got richer. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, imagine how well off the citizens are going to be now yeah. because they're going to get paychecks in Bitcoin. They kind of get it on the ground floor of uh, – because all the countries yeah. are going to follow a lead, uh, I assume. What concerns me is when you see the entire crypto space, the $2 trillion cap, mm-hmm. dip by 40%, all of it, over the course of three weeks. Like it's driven down 30%, 40%. Because some big, probably governments, Chinese governments, American governments, are bought or selling it and selling it and selling it, and make it want to drop, and then as soon as it drops, they buy it all. All yep. these poor people thought it's, they were losing their money. It's not as bad though as when you sell it and then it goes up forty or fifty percent. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, you it's know being manipulated yeah. heavily, and yeah. that's bad for the poor people. But pe- they, these people got to learn, and we keep saying it. When there was that last big crash from sixty to thirty. Mm-hmm. Most of the sales were a couple hundred bucks. It was the poor people cashing out, panicking. That's I actually bought Bitcoin because it, it crashed to thirty, and then Paul Krugman wrote an article about why you should never buy Bitcoin. And I went, "All right, I'm in." Yeah, well, he's <laughs> wrote a lot of those. Yeah, I should, I should, if I took his advice, you know, ten years ago, I would be uh, much wealthier. Mm-hmm. Max Kaiser, man, mm-hmm. he told me when Bitcoin was like at a couple bucks. Yeah, me too. I friend like, told you got to buy Bitcoin. I'm telling you, Tim, you want to be rich. You hang up, out with me, I and up, I was like, okay, Max. I was up on a roof in Brooklyn with Bill and uh, a couple other guys, and one of the guys was saying, "Dude, the next big one's Ethereum. You got to get into uh-huh. Ethereum." And we we're like, "What's what's okay?" Whatever. I looked and I was like, "I waited a couple weeks, and I was like, oh, it's ten bucks already. It's too <laughs> late. I can't get into it.' Yeah, I know. It just didn't didn't yeah. click until we, a couple years later. Uh, Bill Ottman was here, I think, in like November. What right? Bitcoin yeah. was at thirteen k. Ethereum was at a thousand, and Bill was like, "You should buy Ethereum, Ethereum, dude." And I was like, "You think?" He's like, "You should get some." And I'm like, "Okay." And then I bought a bunch, and now it's at like three thirty yeah, five or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Ethereum is worth NFTs. Yeah. Like Ethereum is. 
Ethereum is the evolution of Bitcoin. It covers and, and so some friends and I actually started one as a joke, and it has a one point four million dollar market cap. <laughs> but it, it's it's so misleading because there's like thirty grand in liquidity, so like obviously it's not right, you, know, right, you right. could sell through it, but on paper it's worth like one point five million. So uh, I own, I have some Doge because it's fun. I have Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Cardano. I um my and I'll explain the strategy. I I own like Uniswap, SushiSwap, and then basically all the tokens that are exchanges. Because my logic was like, well, even if the coins go down, like as long as there's volume, the you know the exchanges Uniswap are making money. Yeah, is, Uniswap I own a lot of. Uh, the mine tokens so really much, good. So the, much, so much money in Uniswap. Mm-hmm. People don't understand when you open like these apps like mm-hmm. Coinbase. Yeah, it's like you can earn interest on your crypto, and it's I'm like, getting like seven percent. It's on, insane. Uh, it's not and like, Gemini. Uh, it's um an exchange like the Winklevoss twins started. They're giving yes. you like seven percent on their Gemini dollar, and I'm going. Yeah. I don't get how that's even possible. Unless so it, they're it's taking it's a loss. really no no no. It's really really simple. Yeah, these are uh, so for those that understand you you basically you have crypto, mm-hmm. you can stake it, being like. Let me put my cryptocurrency into your pool, mm-hmm. which allows them to do transactions. Yeah, that's how ours works. They need liquidity. No one, yeah. When the transaction happens, you get a, a, a fee, yeah. just yeah. like an ATM machine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was actually talking to my accountant, and I was like, it's kind of like an ATM. Mm-hmm. Someone comes in, and they punch in their keys, and they take cash out, mm-hmm. and then I get I, I have you get a fee on it. You, yeah. I get a fee on it. Yeah. So this is create. It's this is huge. It's going to make a lot of working class people. I'm not going to say rich, but comfortable. But yeah, 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 yeah. So, like the stories of people who start with start small and just keep putting more crypto back into the system, and they're building up that portfolio. It's kind of crazy because so long as the it's it's like basically the power of the central banks in the hands of regular people and decentralized. Mm-hmm. So now the the money transactions and printing and and. It's it. It's just mind blowing. And day trading because the day, it never ends. It's twenty four yeah. seven trading. Like if you're a fourteen year old and you want you get some money, you oh, want if a you're day a trading. Addict, this is the best thing. You can ever. easily increase your like thirty percent your profits and I'll just by this. looking at trends and reading white papers and seeing what's the next big cool currency. I am not advising anyone to do anything, mm-hmm. but I would be willing to bet if there's a fourteen year old right now who was given like a hundred bucks by their grandpa and put it into one of these systems. And kept putting all of their their fees back in. Mm-hmm. By the time they were twenty, they'd be a millionaire. Eric it's, Finman, it's, the guy who started the Freedom Fund, that is him. That's yeah, him. That's exactly right. Yeah, I think he put like a grand or two in, and now is like you know, play like ten million. It's something very high in the millions. As if you're paying attention, you can yeah. really take the light because it's always up, down, up, down. Yeah. And I mean, you just follow those leaps. You have the Bitcoin, you put well, it into USD coin. When hard. it drops, it is hard. You got to. It's a job. I, I mean, I think it's for, for the average person, I think just buy and hold just because you'll go you know insane right. trying to it's time a, it. But yeah, I mean, there's some people who know what they can do. I mean, I, I tried that and uh, you know missed out. I was a day lot. trading for. <laughs> While, but it became very exhausting because it's it's a, it's a lot of work. Then, like ten hour the, days. The Uniswap yeah. stuff is where the real opportunity is. Yeah, it's there's risk because you're put you're you're staking your coins to mm-hmm. someone else's pool and it could it, it could, could go belly go up. Well, no, how, no, no, it could go belly up. Yeah, well, your, your, well, that's your how it works. Gone. So we had to put our own money into the pool with our own token. Um, and I mean, it's our own coin is sort of thus dependent on the value of Ethereum. So you have to match it to like create right. the value. And of course, someone can just sell all the way through if they want to. Um, yep. So yeah, it's risky, obviously, and, and but it pays off. So if you find a good utility token with with Ethereum and you you put it into Uniswap, then you're set. So it, yeah. it's it's basically you 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 bought an ATM. That's why. I mean, imagine if you had fifty grand, you bought an ATM. Mm. You need another. I don't know how much ATM probably costs like twenty twenty thirty grand. Then you need forty grand to fill it. You're spending seventy thousand dollars. You put the ATM in in a bar, mm. and then you're just getting free money. Yeah. Could we get an ATM here? <laughs> Why? Like, technically, we could we know. could we could invest in a, we could cool. we could all buy Bitcoin ATMs. <laughs> yeah, 
Th- that's why Ethereum's so cool is because the Ethereum network is very, very heavily utilized, and you use Ethereum to cover the gas fee, which mm-hmm. is the transaction fee. Yeah, so Ethereum's hard. massively utilized. People, uh, I think, what did Max say? Like 200K of Bitcoin by the end of the year? I'm, I'm wondering yeah. if we're still going to hit that. I don't think by the end of this year, but I think it will get there. I mean, the thing, someone did the math, and like, there's not enough millionaire... Or, What's a stat? Like, there's so many millionaires in the world that each can't own one full Bitcoin. You want to know something funny? Yeah. If I invested my money in Bitcoin when Max Kaiser told me to, I would be a billionaire. With Whoa. A, with a B. Yeah. Wow. No, I'm not kidding. Wow. There was a crypto Shiba. It was like one of those Doge knockoffs. Right. Shiba. Put, all right. So I put three grand in. Four days later, it's like 60 grand. So I'm like, yeah, fuck you. I'm going to cash out. If I held it another three weeks, it would have been like one or two million or something. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? But that's, 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 you that's can't, garbage. you can't be mad at yourself. The no, way, no, the no. way I view it is this. So there's this, this game I saw online. It's like some gambling game where the way it works is like you put in money. And then for every second that goes on, you get a multiplier. So it could be like after two seconds, you get double your money. For right. three seconds, triple. But then it will go to zero at any random point. I think that analogy works for this sort of high-risk trading where it's like because it could be so easily lost, you really can't kick yourself when it does take off after you sell. Because, you know, if you're playing that literal gambling game and you sold off, you turn a grand into 20 grand, you could kind of be an idiot to keep holding it knowing it could easily go down to zero. So maybe that's just what I tell myself to, you know, not go criminally insane. But that's sort of how I see it. I remember Max used to, on his show, he would talk about all the different altcoins and stuff that existed at the time. And he was very big on a lot of them. Now he's he he hates them all. He's like Bitcoin is the only true coin, mm-hmm. but uh, I've known Max for a minute, and he was at, he was uh, pushing Bitcoin in the very early stages. Granted, at the time he was also pushing other coins, saying that these looked promising for certain reasons. Like so, what happens is in the early days of Bitcoin, it was like nothing. It was this mm-hmm. weird internet thing. People were confused by it. Once it got its first boost of pop, pop, uh, popularity, people started cloning it. And there was a mm-hmm. bunch of different versions right. that tried tweaking different things about it. Like it'll produce slightly more or slightly less or work slightly faster or take less energy. And there was one, there were a few that required substantially less energy mm-hmm. and that seemed to make more sense. So Max was big on those, but he had been, you know, so I, look, I had, I had my savings back during those, those early days. And I, if I just put it all in Bitcoin at the time, Bitcoin was at a couple bucks. The thing is, yep. I, I tell myself, like, oh, I invested in Bitcoin when I heard about it in, what was it, 2012? We would have sold out. That's the thing. I would have, right. it would have went from $2 to 20 and then I would have wanted to, you know, commit suicide the remaining uh, 20 That's, to 60,000. I, I, there was a point where I had, like, 20 Bitcoin or whatever, and yeah. I was like, yeah, and I cashed it all out yeah. for, like, 400 bucks. <sighs> and, like, I high-fived my friend. Yeah. And then I was like, let's go. I'm taking you guys out to eat. Let's Very do this. I saw this thing. It was this Twitter account. It's called, like, poorly aged things. So it was like a, a scoreboard for some video game tournament. It was like, first place, a thousand bucks. And you get it to tenth place and it's ten free Bitcoin. No, it was, uh, yeah. it was like first place is like a thousand, yeah. second place 500. And then it was like fourth and fifth were 25 Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, that was it. That was it. <laughs> but you know, if people actually invested and understood investment, yeah. they'd be better off regardless. Mm-hmm. People don't understand the value of, like, to invest and they, you know, when I see my friends and they're like, I got paid, let's go spend it on drinks and partying. And I'm like, if you buy something, it, you yeah. have the something. It would you be cool if it. you could not, you don't really have to build a school, but just build some sort of curriculum where you, you're able to teach kids economics. And the thing is, so it's, it's, there's a lot of apps now that kind of automate it where you can just take a hundred bucks out of every check and put it in. So you don't even yeah. have to think about it anymore. You can just kind of have it be on the mm-hmm. back end. I think this Uniswap stuff, I think Uniswap's huge. Yeah, it's going to uh, be. I'll say, I'll say this though. So I, I, I always say this as a, as a disclosure. Doge, I'm, I don't think is going to make me rich. Mm-hmm. I just think it's funny, and so I have some. Uh, Bitcoin is going to skyrocket in value. I think a Bitcoin is worth a million mm-hmm. bucks. Ethereum, I don't know where its cap is, 
But there is there's a finite amount of Ethereum, I believe, correct? I think so, yeah. Uh, and we have a general idea of the amount, but we don't know the exact number. So I think Ethereum can reach a certain level. Cardano is, I think there's like, what, 10 times more Cardano or something like that? I, I have Cardano as well because it's also, it's one of the guys who was involved with Ethereum. And so these are evolutions on Bitcoin that are going to allow so much. So I also have some Cardano because... I think Cardano's going to skyrocket. There's 32 billion Cardanos, and it yeah. looks like it's going to end up at about 45 billion somewhere. There's 117 million Ethereum's, but there's no we, we, there's no end cap for we, those. We talked about this, and I think you and I were saying we think Cardano would be like 30 bucks. Yeah, if you if you measure the value of a token against, so I go to this thing called CoinMarketCap.com, and oh, if you, you look at Bitcoin and how many 18 million of them, and then you look at Cardano, and there's 32 billion. So you do the math, you divide 32 billion by 18 million, and then you see, but they're different. Cardano is much like Ethereum. It's providing the backbone for a lot of new software. And right. Then you start to take into account the utility, and that's when things break the mold. So it's not just it's not just one on but a one to one ratio. How many how, how much Ethereum exists? A hundred and seventeen million ish. Right. So I think what do we say? It's like thirty times. So it's probably going to be like ten bucks. I think Cardano. Oh, Cardano. Would, what it would be? What you could measure it to be valued if, when, for? When Cardano was fully launched and operating like Ethereum, it'll be like what ten bucks per. per yeah, you do like two two thousand. If if Cardano was how you do but, this. But also, I I got, I, but also on the spot. I'm not doing the math. Right, 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 right. The point is there's substantially more Cardano, so it's going to be worth substantially less. Way less, so, yeah. But, there's, but, there's but so we haven't reached... Don't get that. Right, yeah. right. Uh, because the, the circulation's massive. It's yeah. just how inflation works as well, or partly. So they're going to be... Uh, Cardano should be worth like a thousandth of a Bitcoin at any given moment, or yeah. like less than that. There, because is there's it, a thousandth... Uh, there's a thousand times more of them. Yeah, at an equal market cap, it would be one thousand. If they each have not. equal utility, but like you said, Cardano has a different utility, so you take the utility into effect. For 10 bucks. Like Mines token. You put one token but, on the network, you get a thousand views. That utility more, adds value to the, the token. The other thing is with... So we, 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 we had a conversation about this a few, like a week ago, and it was like we ultimately came to like... If, if we are going to randomly just throw darts at the board and try and think of what it might end up being based on the volume of it, the utility of it, Bitcoin's going to keep going to value. Ethereum and Cardano have utility. Cardano ends up around 30 bucks. So I was like, I like what they've talked about doing. I like what they're doing. Uh, I've heard a little bit about what they're doing. And I'm like, I got to be honest. I don't know everything about it. I know Ethereum works. I know it's made a bunch of stuff. We're working on possible. It helps what Mines is doing makes it possible with utility tokens. And if they're going to offer up a competitor to that, I think it's going to drive up the value. The Cardano? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did the math right. Measuring it as it stands, you'd think it'd be like 35 bucks, something like that. That's at what? 38, 230. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So not advice to anybody because we're literally just making up numbers at this Mm -hmm. point. Correct. But uh, I look at Bitcoin as decentralized transfer of value, which is tremendous. And then Ethereum and Cardano and any other token are like investing in the network. And I advise, I love investing in the network because I'm not even su- super concerned with the value of it, uh, monetarily. It's the value of it socially. What can you, what can it do for us? How can it cut out the middleman? How can it speed up transactions? How can it give you more reach on a social network? Those are the things I love. Like this is why library I'm, token. I'll tell you this, like maybe this is what, you know, the Davos types want. They don't want a Federal Reserve. They don't want a central bank. They want completely decentralized systems that create global currency. Hmm. Look at Bitcoin. It's, well, yeah, it's becoming that. It's a it's a global value network. Yeah. So you can you can send money from here to China just like that. 
I've got a sneaking suspicion we're all going to have our own crypto in the future. Everyone will have their own, kind of like a social security number. Yeah. And then if you have people buy your services, if they use your token to buy it, you can give them a discount. I, mean, I basically you. have that, but no one uses it. So it's Oh, you have your own token? Yeah, it's a re- highly regarded token. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a joke. I mean, our, our stock ticker is RTRD. So <laughs> and I'm, I, I, dude, I'm so angry. I ordered custom RTRD clothing for you guys, but it didn't ship in time. Oh, Man. I'll wear it when it comes so to it, I'm not kidding. I'll, I'll get it to you guys. It's, it's it's been at like stuck in the same shipping facility two miles from my house for like four days in a row, oh, and, and I'm uh, so like, all right. I'll get it over somehow. Blame the COVID. Yeah. So anyway, that's yeah, you can out. you can easily make your own token and just oh, it's it. My friend did it in like twenty minutes. Yeah. Then we raised money for the, the pool, and I don't know. How, okay, I don't know how we raised money. We literally put out like on a on a medium page like, hey, um, send us money at this link, and we'll give you our new coin. <laughs> And looks like a scam. Obviously, it was not. Uh, people did. We raised like thirty grand in a week, and then we just put it all into the pool. Well, and, so this uh, is this is one of the big challenges the SEC is not happy with. Is yeah. people are using these tokens effectively as as like fundraising mm-hmm. venues, like shares, right? And so you're basically telling people you'll get not, you'll get this empty thing in exchange for money, yeah, so that we can fund the business. So all the people that bought our pre ICO, I mean, can sell at any time, and there's enough liquidity to make all of them whole. Um, so like they're, you know, anytime they want to get out, they could. All you got to do is pay your sales tax on it. Yep. And you're literally just selling the digital asset. It's not an investment in the company. You pay your taxes on the, it's like if we sold these, if we made a thousand little rocks and sold them, we'd pay our taxes on it. If I can make a million tokens and sell them, we just pay the sales tax on them. There you go. Yeah. And if each token can get you a little cartoon beanie. Yeah. Hell yeah. NFTs. Awesome. Yeah. Beanie. I, th- I think that the whole market stuff is ridiculous. It's funny, but it is effective. And it's, it's, it feels like to me, I, I really, and I've said this a lot in the last week, it feels like what Bitcoin felt like in 2011. So made up, basically. Yeah. Like yeah. no one understands it yet. It seems cheap, but it's going to be a trillion dollar industry. Yeah. yeah it's somehow, but yeah. Digital art. If I, man. If I People bought, don't want to go out of their house. If I, well, maybe they do. So I'll, I'll say this though. If I did listen to Max and like legitimately listen to him, buy it and don't, and, and keep it. Yeah, I'd be a billionaire. I'd be a millionaire if I bought NFT of a uh, blank space. There was this, there out. was this thing back in the day. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you heard of it, where a guy had a million pixels mm-hmm. and he sold a pixel for a dollar huh. each. Hmm. And it was a website with a million pixels, and then people would buy like I want a hundred pixels, mm-hmm. and they would put their art there. Yeah, guy there, made a million. Bucks. There's actually people who do. There's a whole website. I can't remember what it's called where they buy famous art pieces like worth tens of millions of dollars and they issue cryptocurrency on the art and then you can buy up like shares of it yeah you can buy up shares like a famous painting and then wow. and then you get voting rights so if they get a bid in for the painting you get a, guys get a vote if you're going to sell wow. it or not wow stock on objects yeah but I think I remember I signed up for it but I think you needed like tens of thousands of dollars and it takes years for them to so I, I wonder I if bother. we can issue a, a stock on Ian oh, I was just thinking that stock on people When's there, that coming? No, AOC so was who I was thinking of, there, actually. There is they some, tried that. Yeah, there's some guy, there's an article about who sold shares in his life and yeah. has to do whatever they sell. No, no, no. Um, he, 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 they were out to vote, yeah. but he had majority control, I think. Oh, uh, well, then you don't really own anything, I guess. Well, but, you know, it's like he would take into consideration their votes on what he should be doing, yeah. and they earned dividends. So when he would get a job oh, and it would yeah. pay him 100 bucks, then he'd pay out 20%. The, the profits. If someone bought stock in your life and then as you went on you they got dividends throughout your life talk about a support they would support you forever yeah, yeah but talk about nightmarish i know <laughs> that's bizarre like some young 18 year old kid he's yeah. poor and desperate and he's like i'll sell you 50 percent for a thousand <laughs> oh, please geez. man i'm gonna be homeless yeah. and then he's like a tech ceo and there's like this evil guy like behind him like i can maybe everything. you could legally cap it so you can't sell more than one percent of your own stock well, 
I don't think you should be able to sell any of it because what happens then? Rich people would buy up from young people and then of everybody. creating indentured servants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good call. Not one from not one from everybody. Like I said, young, desperate people, and then when they're older, I mean, that's basically what college is doing. Yeah. There yeah, actually yeah. are services where you can get a student loan and they get a percentage of your income instead of wow. you taking debt. Which it, it Stossel did a segment on it. It makes a lot more sense, but they do cap it at a certain amount. And if you're unemployed, you don't have to pay anything. That makes sense. So yeah, yeah, maybe that's better. Yeah. Do you just want to cover the uh, Soros book at all? Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Let's bring it up. Let's talk about it. Cool. It's your so, new book. Tell yeah, me. yeah. So I'll give you kind of an overview of how it came about, um, and then you know I'll go over the contents and all that. Um, so I've been the first book I did with my current publisher was called Spygate. Oh, so yeah, I should probably get, speak into the mic. Close. So it was called Spygate. Uh, me, Dan Bongino, and another woman named uh, Denise McAllister wrote it. And it was, I mean, it covers all the Russiagate stuff. It starts pre-election and then goes into sort of the Mueller special counsel. Um, he made it into a trilogy. So he did two books after that um, on his own, one that's more old special counsel stuff. Um, and then the last, which is just sort of everything after that. Um, so there's a chapter in the third book in the series called, uh, or I can't remember the name of the chapter, but it has a lot to do with Ukraine and the whole impeachment hoax. Um, and there was some sort of like Soros ties uh, ties into that chapter. So there's a number of um, Ukrainian anti-corruption organizations that are Soros-backed that were actually cited in the whistleblower complaint. Um, and then a lot of like the uh, you know sort of swampish characters in the, in the impeachment um, saga are connected to you know uh, U.S. institutions, obviously that are. Um, also sort of tied in with Soros. So he pitched the idea of doing a book where that was sort of just going to be our starting point was let's try to do a book um, based out of that section of his last book. Um, so I put together a pretty lengthy chapter. I think it's like 15,000 words, which is, you know, it's a half the length of a very short book. Um, but obviously that itself is not going to be a book. Um, and, you know, I, it was you know really as much as I could do was that much given the content uh, or given what was available. So it just became a question of like, well, what do I want people to know about this George Soros guy? Um, and I sort of settled on everything. Um, so I started just by making it into a more or less a critical biography. So I started out by just giving, you know, a view overview of this guy's life, um, who he is in his own words, where he came from, how he made all his money, um, what it was that made him want to go into politics and influence that. Um, and then each chapter is just sort of a, um, I mean, I try to make it like a biography slash novel slash reference book. So each chapter is just a different facet of life. So we'll have one called Soros and the Media. And it's just, here's every, literally every person in the media I could find that Soros is connected to either, um, that he's associated with publicly, that, uh, his, his that have worked for his foundations to varying uh, degrees. And here's where they work today. And it's places like the LA Times and NPR and the Washington Post, MSNBC and CNN, uh, and pretty much every quote unquote mainstream place you could, you could list. Um, and then it's just doing that for everything else. So I, I do one on his quest to sort of infiltrate higher education, I guess. In his view, college isn't liberal enough. So he's trying to sort of, um, actually, this is a more recent end of, end of life sort of thing he's doing is he's been creating his own network of colleges internationally. Um, and this dates actually back to the 80s. He started a college um, called Central European University in Hungary, um, was later expelled from Hungary and is now in Vienna. Um, but he's sort of starting to build a network around that uh, in recent years. Um, and then I just do this for everything. So I, I, I found, for instance, I have a whole chapter on um, leaked Soros documents from WikiLeaks and DC leaks and just everything to be gleaned from them. Um, and then his connections and like just random, you know. It, what's what, what's his goal? Well, it, it's to a large extent, it's it's it seems to be influence for the sake of influence. Um, he is one of those people that the you know not to sound like Ted Kaczynski or anything, but the the power process is very important to him. Um, in his own words, too, he, he describes himself as an egomaniac. He says he wants his views to be the conscience of the world, um, and it just seems like from his perspective, he just kind of gets off on on influencing things. Um, 
you know, the the most interesting thing about the book, too, is like, you know, some people, I know it's going to be called the hit piece, but most of the negative stuff that I say about Soros and his personality is quoted from him. Um, yeah. I've read the guys, all the guys' books in preparation for the book, um, my own book, I mean. The only thing he's walked back on was there was a very, uh, I guess, infamous or famous interview he did with 60 Minutes back in the 90s um, where he admits to working with one of the Nazis' Jewish councils back in Hungary, um, you know, serving deportation papers to Jews, telling them their goods are going to be confiscated. Um, and very um, sociopathically says that it's something he never felt any guilt over. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one thing he sort of tried to reverse course on. And if you ever do a Google search for that interview, they're always playing cover saying, oh, it's actually not really what he said. Um, and the interview is actually kind of hard to come by online, too. So, I mean, I, I'm not saying he's the, guy's, the kind of guy who's got legal resources. Yeah, I'm not saying he's censoring the Internet. However, it, he has a lot of influence and he easily could reduce its reach tremendously. So I actually found the transcript and you're. you're Oh, yeah, no, no. And, and it's more or less exactly what he says. And not only did I find the transcript, uh, George Soros' father wrote an autobiography. He talks about the same influence. It said that his son seemed to enjoy it, and he tried to dissuade him from it. You remember so, when, I think it was Newt Gingrich was on Fox? Yeah. He got, so and, Newt, he, and he mentioned, like, George Soros funded these DAs. And you're out. And, and yeah. Fox was like, we don't accept that. You uh-huh. can't say yeah. that. So they, they had to apologize. Yeah. The only other two people I had reviewed the book besides Dan were Newt Gingrich and Steve Bannon, actually. Um, and Gingrich obviously oh. liked it. And I'll, I'm sure I'll make a joke about his uh, Fox appearance Next time I see him or I talk yeah. to him, but uh, yeah, that was very odd. Um, I mean, I'm actually going to be on Fox hopefully to talk about the book. So uh, there you go. Hopefully they'll let me talk <laughs> about it. But uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just Where? a sort of general overview um, of the whole thing. And uh, is it out now? So it'll it should be out in December. Potentially might get delayed because so we're nervous that we're going to get sued. Not like a legit case, but just to sort of f with us and cost right. us money because the libel laws are such. Like I can literally accuse this guy of murder on the book, and I can't. I would win a lawsuit just because of how high profile he is. Um, But anyway, we're still doing a legal review just to, like, get even that possibility out of the way. Um, And the lawyer, like, I'm sort of paraphrasing, but he was like, really good book, interesting, really well-researched. You're enough of a dick where it could get you sued. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to, they highlight it all, and I have to, you know, undickify the book. But... You know, hopefully it won't get delayed more than a week or two. Are, are people able to pre-order it? Yeah, so it's on Amazon and Mars and Noble, and then I think all those other random sites like Books a Million or Target, it's probably on there too, but Amazon's the big one. Um, what, give me the name again. So it's called The Man Behind the Curtain, um, The Secret Network of George Soros, um, and uh, yeah, I'll tweet about it, and I'm sure you'll nice. cool. get it as well. Yeah. Well, how about we go to Super Chats? Oh, yeah, if you haven't fine. already, smash that like button. Subscribe to the channel. It is Friday night, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out. All right, Jordan Olson typed a bunch of Japanese, I think. Oh, nice. Thank Thanks, Jordan. I can't read it, but he says the left has no idea what they are dealing with and they're pushing too far. Mm. Well, there you go. Michael Irwin says, how dare the journalists assume Nicki Minaj's gender? Oh. She seems to have bigger balls than any of those insulting journalists. <laughs> That's, you know. Redonk says, Nicki can handle her own ish, Tim. Yes, I know. That's the point. That's why Good I'm happy her, because yeah. she is. I mean, we finally have someone with power and uh, an influence pushing back. You know, I, I shouldn't say finally. We've got a lot of people who do, but she is a juggernaut in this space. She is the hero we need right now. Andrea and Zachary, uh, IFV Fundraising GoFundMe says, the Kyle Rittenhouse motion hearing today went very well in oh, his good. favor. Rekieta Law did a good stream cool. for it earlier. I think you'd like to follow it. Ooh, that's very important. We should... Um, we have Andrew Bronca back. Yeah, we should We should, We should. should look into that. Maybe, maybe have someone come in... Uh, Look at that. Uh, Cigars and Cigarms says, did you see the Kyle Rittenhouse motion hearing today? 
It seems the judge is not having any of the prosecutor, prosecution's shenanigans. Awesome. He may yet walk. Woo! Be, Kyle, I just want to say for the record, Kyle Rittenhouse is my hero. So, You know, I don't know if I'd go that far because he's a young kid who, who was trying to do right by his community. Yeah. And the whole thing was, was crazy. But when you break it down, the left is trying so desperately to cover this up. That's... I'm sort of being reactionary. Like, yes, right. I understand he shouldn't have been there. However, given the context of everything, oh, no, but I, wouldn't neither, say, I wouldn't say that. But neither should the rioters. So it's you know, and I, would, I, would, I would say uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. But when you watch a video of a seventy year old man being bashed over the head with a brick and left yeah. bloody on the ground, yeah. and then you say, "I'm coming out to protect my my community." Yeah. Should Kyle have been there? Yeah. I mean, I should I should rephrase it. It's the the gun ownership is the only thing I think legally there was some ambiguity to. I, we um, talked. We've had a bunch of lawyers but, on the show. But said, I don't, nope. No. Oh well, good. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope it's not the case. Obviously. Yeah. Th- so we'll, right. we'll see how it plays out. I've been saying for a while. I think he'll get life because the political uh, uh, yeah. climate. There, mm-hmm. no one's going to stick their neck out when Antifa's yeah. going to come to your house with a brick. But hey, we'll see. All right. Let's see. Bear uh, XO says, "I'm glad Ian is here today. After last night, I thought Tim. I'm not. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> that was a very eye-opening <laughs> conversation last night. I, I thought still, a lot still about waiting for his cooking show. I thought about semantics and like what I don't want to do is be like you said that, so you mean this. I don't want to twist you with, but I like to talk about the meaning of words and how words, the meaning of words, are perceived by different types of people. It's very important to the to the dynamic. I think today." Right on. The Praying Doula says, hey, Tim, I watch you every night. So much so my husband calls you the other man in my life. Can you give a shout out to Mr. Calvin Wiggins? Let him know he is still my number one. Aww. Love you all. You too, Ian. What up, I-, I like how she said you too, Ian, as if to like make sure she like, I'm, yes, Thank I'm you. saying I what like What was Ian. her name? The Praying Doula. Thank you, The Praying Doula. And shout out to Mr. Calvin Wiggins. Heck what up, yeah. It would seem that your wife very much cares about you so much that she gave, she gave me, so much so she gave me 20 bucks. Woo. So that I would say. <laughs> That's love. <laughs> it's worth $20. There was a, a funny meme where some guy was tweeting like, a couple asked me if I would uh, leave my window seat so that they could sit together. And I said, your love is not as important as me watching the airplane take off. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm oh, like, king. yeah, but like, it's a funny way to put it. But yeah. like, bro, you're going to sit in a plane for a couple hours. It's, you don't it's need a, a good seat. 4chan post. But yes, in real life, you might not want to. You know, yeah, that be way. Come on, man. Tim Johnson says, you were right. I was wrong. The cops are a central problem. They could stop this. God bless Donald J. Trump. Yeah, the police. So here's what's happening. Freedom-loving cops are resigning. Mm-hmm. And I get emails all the time. They're like, Tim, I had to quit. I couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I won't do this. We have we have the story, 11 of 15 restaurants yeah. that were, were surveyed yeah. by New York Post wouldn't enforce this. Mm-hmm. Apparently, you know, Libby is telling us, she was here on the show, uh, cops won't even enforce this. Yeah. So there's still a lot of good cops, but a lot of the freedom-loving ones are resigning. Mm-hmm. Then you've got people in the military, officers who are resigning. So what's going to be left in five years? Well, that's a, the unintended consequence, too, of Black Lives Matter is, generally speaking, when cops are demonized, it's the good ones who know, hey, if I'm ever in a tough situation, I might have to you know, behave in a certain way that might not be popular. They're the ones who leave, and you're left with all the crappy cops who are sort of going to end up perpetuating their narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. The people willing to join and the people willing to stay will be establishment chills they'll, yep. be, they'll be they'll be the fascists they'll it'll be the banality of evil yeah. and so when people are like if a civil war happened the right has all the guns and it's like and the left will have the institutional guns right. and you will have the civilian guns and so bad things happen mm-hmm. brett says nikki was blacklisted years ago been working against the industry machine and their plants e.g fraudy b she's the donald trump of hip-hop <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was kanye wow well i, I like Nicki minaj more and more 
I, I haven't actually listened to her music. Uh, you know, I got to be honest, though. I bet if you played her music, I'd be like, oh, I heard that song. It's yeah, not good. Have. It's not <laughs> good. <laughs> it is not good. Of course, beauty is in the eye of there the beholder. Was a, there was I like The weekend. There was a time no, that she's whenever, way worse. Whenever, she's, her she's songs, whenever her song oh, know, never, would come on, I would turn off the radio because I'm like, if I die in a car crash, this can't be the last <laughs> thing I hear. People like it. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm, you know, like I remember, like didn't Ben Shapiro have this thing where he was like, rap isn't music or yeah. something? Yeah, seventy five percent of crap. I mean, it's a boomer joke, but he, I think he made that. Zuby changed well. his mind. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. He did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, music's music, man. Oh yeah, you can raise awesome. and lower the pitch of your voice as you're talking. It's definitely music. Yeah, it's definitely music. It's great. And there's some really good stuff. I was just, I was, you know, I always really liked the more political, older, older rap stuff where they're actually saying stuff. Huh. And it's good. It's good beats. It's good music. Philosophy. It's good sampling. And now, like, we got that period in the 90s and 2000s where it was just like, you know. Opioid music. Yeah, just, I'm, I'm rich, <laughs> I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. And I'm like, this is, yeah. like, I get it. You can dance to the beat, but man, there's no, there's no substance. Yeah, give me the heart. Give me the grind. Yeah, that's why there's like some pop musicians where I'm like really disappointed sometimes when they'll write, they'll come out with a song that's actually really great in terms of composition, but the worst possible lyrics you can imagine. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow, imagine if they actually, you know, Adele's good. Needs both. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, fantastic. All right, let's okay. Mm -mm -mm. Busted Knuckle says, Tim had a powerful quote today. It's not about my opinion or making this stuff up. It's about watching everybody else getting ready. Tom McDonald and Nicki Minaj collab. OMG, let's make it happen. <laughs> That'd be great. I think I was basically saying, like, uh, the, the issue of civil war and, and the cult and everything. I said this a lot in various ways. It doesn't matter if you think you're right. It doesn't matter if I'm right or they're right. What matters is both sides are adamant that they are right. And they're continually, put, like, in, in cre- escalating the conflict. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say... As I often do, I think the cult is the, are the ones who are actually pushing it. It's Donald Trump did not invoke the Insurrection Act. Donald Trump did not start these riots, and Donald Trump didn't even stop the riots. Yeah. But when it comes to Joe Biden, the executive decrees and Cuomo murdering fifteen thousand people, the left is right there empowering them the entire time. Yeah. Making it's crazy. This. You can like kill fifteen thousand people, but if you make a few women uncomfortable, that's where they draw the line. That's where they draw the line. Yeah. 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 Which I'm not saying what he did was right, but it's just of the two things. Obviously, one is uh, quite a bit worse than the other. Socrates was huge on questioning himself and advising other people to question authority and question themselves. I think we should we should definitely keep that in mind. Do it. Peppy Clown says, Tim, I'm going to start calling you Three Dog from Fallout 3. My My super chat is about you claiming we have no culture on the right. Just look at Adam Calhoun, Ryan Upchurch, and all the other Creakers and Rednecks. We got culture, bud. We just don't got a media presence. So what I mean is mainstream culture, there's like almost no right wing presence. Obviously, people have culture. Obviously, there's you they just know, don't talk about it. Well, it's just the mainstream is owned by the like the, yeah. the establishment culture. It's all owned by the left. It's like it's like five percent of it is right wing and they don't talk about it. Like, I mean, like, I think actually Norm Macdonald, who, who recently passed away, is actually sort of an example of that where he is, you know, if he, when he rarely talked about politics, it was right wing. But yeah. it was just, you know, he like he didn't, didn't he have a thing where he talked about going to a Trump rally and how he like he, he loved it or whatever. Well, he had this one joke where he was talking about how a, how a transgender woman came up to him and was like questioning, like, how can you possibly believe in God? How ridiculous it is. And he goes, well, I have to pretend you're a fucking woman. Oh, wow. Which is you know a pretty ballsy joke to, from any Jeez, comedian yeah. nowadays. Yeah. But I was I mean it was from something within the past few months. But um, he and, and, he and gave it, no fucks, which was awesome. But it's funny that you know he goes on uh, this this radio show and actually pushes back woke talking points. Mm-hmm. This was the, the, the bit we've been talking about for a while. Where yeah. he pushes those talking points where you know about 
he, he was on a radio show with this woke woman, and he said that black people are poorer than white people, mm-hmm. and poor people are dangerous. Mm-hmm. And they all got offended by it. But the problem is that was actually their talking point. Correct. He just said it in a way that came off as crass, and mm-hmm. they were offended by it. And it's like, it really makes you makes you think that many of these people are offended not by the substance of the idea or the fact, but by the way it's put to them. Yes, yeah. the Like, tone. learn to code. The thing, too, they want to know your motivation by arguing something, where you can say something sympathetic, but if they suspect it's for the wrong reason, that's also a sin. Mm. Yeah, true. Uh, Norm was a master of the tone. Oh, he was the greatest. He's ever. so good. There's never going to be anyone funnier. As, funnier. I than hope there will be. I want to. I, mean, I his hope torch, there is. Man. But yeah, Norm. Yeah. yeah, he's got. There's so many videos that are popping up of him like, when, he, when he was on the View talking about Bill Clinton. He killed the guy. I was just thinking about that. Wow, that's the like, one. Stop. That was the one like saving grace of his death. And I'm like, I'm glad everyone's getting exposed to all this. Yeah. These, I, I, this is the dumbest thought. I always thought like, oh, well, only I listen to this guy because I'm clicking through YouTube. I and mean, of course, millions of people do. But mm-hmm. it was. Uh, I loved him on the Weekend Update. Yeah. Best yeah. ever Weekend Update. Yeah, he was so. Good. All right, let's see. C. Hennessy says a house divided against itself cannot stand. I do not expect the union to be dissolved. I do not expect the house to fall, but I do expect it will cease to be divided. It will become all one thing or all other. Lincoln. I don't think it will be united. I don't think it's possible. Yeah. It's just absolutely not possible. Yeah. It's, it, because it's not about facts. It's about that I can sit and ask someone a question and they will change their opinion just to oppose me. Mm-hmm. It's, it, that's, that, that's the problem. You'll sit down and you have a conversation with one of these people on the left these, the, and, and you'll say something and they'll just... Say the opposite. Well, there's a whole Twitter account called Defiant L's, and literally the entire feed, no matter who you are as a liberal, he will find you saying one thing, and then four days later, magically having the opposite opinion in the opposite circumstance. Oh, oh Ezra just, Klein. He, yeah, he's an awesome guy. Ezra Klein had, like, the really famous moment where he was like, you know, um, we, we, we should have uh, appointments for the Supreme Court for life. It yeah. makes sense. It's part of this country. And then when, you know, uh, Kavanaugh comes around, I can't remember who it was. I think yeah, it was like, oh, uh, JK. <laughs> we, then Kavanaugh comes around and goes, well, we really should consider limits. Yeah. And people should be out at a certain point. Yeah. And it's like, uh. Well, the big one is the vaccine, which is, I mean, now getting pushed on us as if you don't take this, you want everyone to die and you should have no rights. A year ago it was, God, why is Trump trying to rush this? What kind of idiot would take this? And, and yeah. literally every mainstream public, and including Kamala Harris, including Frank 5502 from Twitter, every single person did a 180. And it's yep. incredible to see. So there's no way to mend. When you can literally sit down next to someone and be like, Trump wants this vaccine to be put out. And they'll go, that's a stupid idea. You're wrong. And, um, well, Biden got elected. Oh, the vaccine's a good thing now. Yeah. And it's, it's like, okay, so, so are we arguing? It's like that Drake meme. Well, we Joy, yep. Joy yeah. Reid tried to defend it by saying, well, under Trump, it was just a different regulatory process. So now Ooh. that it's under Biden, and, and literally nothing has changed Please. since, you know. I still, I always seem to still find that when people come face to face, it's a different story. One on one, not when, not when mobs come together. Well, but. especially online too. I mean, A, there's a divide. And then also there's the acknowledgement that on Twitter, your odds of convincing someone of your opinion in a hundred characters is zero percent. Right. So yeah. text yeah. is not, it's, it's really not disrupting society right yeah. now, this text communication. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've thought about going off the grid once I'm no longer doing politics. Dude, but just walking to the river today was incredible. Yeah. I picked up my phone this morning. I was like, I think I don't want to be on I the think, internet today. I think if I had everything now but limited to like an hour a day, it would be fine. Yeah. I think that's a good – but yeah. I, I will never get the willpower to enforce that. You can do it. You can do it. That's uh, that's Rob Schneider. Josh, oh my gosh, says, hey, Tim and crew, what do you think of forcing politicians' wages to be the same as the median between the lowest wages and the middle class wages in their areas? 
How would this affect those who seek power in government? Ooh. They would become desperate and then pony up to establishment power to get a good job after they left after two years. So th- Thomas Sowell made that point. He actually made a case, and I don't agree with it going this far, but for paying everyone a million a year. That was Yang said the same thing. Yeah, and his logic was, A, the cost per taxpayer is like, you know, less, probably less than a penny when you divide it between everyone. And then, you know, his arguments would make them less susceptible to corruption. Now, obviously, you could be, you know, super greedy and want the million plus everything else, but that was his argument. At least. Yeah, money it doesn't should, solve greed. Yeah. I think it should be uh, that maybe we pay really, really well. Mm-hmm. Like Andrew Yang said, you know, you get paid uh, a million bucks or whatever. Thomas Sowell apparently mm-hmm. said the same thing. But then what if after you got out, you could no longer work in the private sector? That would be interesting because you can't – that seems to be the number one job is just like, oh, this random senator is down on Walmart's board for some reason. How did right. that happen? Yeah. So how about you can't – you can only work in the public sector? That would be or, interesting. But what if we, we, we paid a million bucks a year – and then I guess the challenge is we th- there's there's no simple answer to this problem. Paying no. them a million bucks won't solve anything. It'll I just mean, make people want to win so they can get $2 million. Yeah. There's always a, a, a workaround. Like in India, lobbying is banned, but bribery and corruption is extremely common. So it's right. like you just find a different form for it. And people don't understand what lobbying is. Mm-hmm. You know, typically younger leftists will tell you that lobbying is like, here's a big check. No. Mwaha. No, they go to dinner with the guy. Yeah. They, influ- they just lobbying, influence the guy. Literally, literally mean, lobbying literally means argue to person. Yeah. It, well, it was, it comes from people standing in the lobby and waiting for Congress, the day session to end when they would come out and they'd be like, hey, 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 come, you want to come look at this? And they're in the lobby, yeah. you know, lobby. Exists. Yep. And come to dinner with me. Which so, to some so, extent we need, but just not, you know, for every people really, I really don't like. People really don't understand how simple things can be. Like, we, we talked about gerrymandering. Mm-hmm. Gerrymandering is one of the most important things that we have in this country when it comes to our political system. They just don't get it. They show a map, and it's like, here's Dan Crenshaw's district. Mm-hmm. And it's got, like, weird lines, and it's, like, oddly shaped. And I'm like, yes. Would you prefer it if half his district covered the water or if it covered large yeah. swaths of empty farmland? And- no, they're drawn over where people live, so of course they're not solid blocks. Some or guys actually did a really solid explanation of how you can, how everyone thinks that's what gerrymandering looks like, but he created his own hypothetical map where every box just looks like, oh, it's an evenly made district. And it was more gerrymandered yeah. than the most gerrymandered districts, but it's just the placement of it. It doesn't have to be the shape, basically, was his point. People seem to think that, like, Chicago mm-hmm. is a giant square. And you can just draw a square over it and be like, that's a district. Mm-hmm. They don't realize that in Chicago, there's big commercial industrial areas. Mm-hmm. Like on the south side where it's literally like five square miles of factories. Mm-hmm. Wrigley Field, for instance. But- so, yeah, so it's like we're going to – people don't live there. Yeah. And then there's also mountainous terrain, swamps, mm-hmm. places that are not incorporated. Mm-hmm. So, yes, districts are drawn where people live. And the problem is whether intentionally or not, you will end up with a with a favorable uh, districting, redistricting. And so people accuse each other of uh, both sides of corruption for doing it. The problem is, I think, we have first past the post voting. Yeah. One person, one vote is, is, is a really dumb idea. I can talk all day about how the founding fathers were brilliant, but this was one of the dumbest things they did. But it, I don't blame them. What is it first past the post? What's it? You, one person, one vote. It doesn't make sense. Because we end up with a system where people are voting against each other. Right, right. As opposed to like a ranked choice system where you rank choice your top isn't, 10 and then if the first person's off the table, it goes to your second right. vote. Didn't New York try that? I don't know how that went when they... Uh, yeah, I think they do it now. I think they, they do rank choice. I think Nebraska might or Maine might do rank choice yeah. for all their elections as well. Interesting. Um, you look at the parliamentary system where I think that's actually in a lot of ways better. I would actually prefer it... You know, compared to what we have. I mean, I, I, as I said earlier, I want to see more parties. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I'm a Republican, but I'm, I'm 
in a faction that I think twenty percent of Republicans are in. So it's you know yeah with uh, with if 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 we had a, if we had a parliamentary style voting system in the U.S. You would end up with what is what is the Libertarian Party like five percent? Five percent, yeah, probably get five percent of the seats. And, so you yeah. would end up with what like uh, what would that be like? Um, like a couple, two or three Libertarian congressmen, twenty in the House, I guess. It'd be twenty. What was it? What four hundred thirty-five seats? Oh 5%? yeah, right. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. yeah, about twenty, and then you'd have yeah one or two in the Senate. Yeah. So yep. the way that would work is any legit uh, um, have five and recognized yeah. political party automatically gets. So then most yeah, European countries, I think it's your party has to get like 5%, although the threshold right. might differ. Yeah. But then once you're above that, it, then they get distributed based on that. Somehow. And then coalitions have to form. So yeah. Republicans would probably. You'd have like a Republican Party, a Libertarian Party, a Nationalist Party, and they might be a coalition. And then you know, the Democrats and the DSA might be a coalition and the Greens or whatever. And what would happen is the Republicans would come out and be like, we want to, we want to, you know, cut taxes on the billionaires. And the millionaires and libertarians are going to be like you bet, and the national populists are gonna, f- off. <laughs> the national populists are going to be like we're not going to get on board with that. We don't see how that serves the working class in this yeah. country. But the libertarians would often be like anything having to do with shrinking government, we're going to say yes to. And then when the national populists agree on certain regulations, mm-hmm. the Republicans do. The libertarians are going to be like nope. Yep. So it forces, so, but but then they could go to the Green Party and say hey, this regulation, you know. So then they would actually have to meet with more different perspectives on the left and the right to to solve things yeah. i don't know if it's 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 would, would solve all the problems though but i will say first past the post results in locked districts and voting against voting against people yeah. so now it's like we we have the epitome of anti-elections joe biden is an anti-president not, he was not elected trump was anti-elected yeah people went in hard like i don't care about joe we don't know or care who he is Typically, it was the lesser of two evils. Now it's quite literally anything, anything but Trump. That was their vote. I think too. I think the mail-in voting probably also helped tip the scales in that. Like, if you're in a swing state and you're some college, like, it's I'm working off the premise that the people that were the most anti-Trump were the youngest people who were also the least likely to vote in the first place. Um, so, like, when you have mail-in mass mail-in voting in any swing state, you have all these college kids who would never in a million years would go to a polling place can now just check a box. Um, well, so but now, you, now people are going to say, like, Matt, are you saying college kids shouldn't vote? Maybe. No, no. Here's the way I'll put it. If you want to vote, there should be at least some responsibility, some requirement. It shouldn't be that you can sit there with your eyes half closed. Mm-hmm. Someone knocks on your door and says, can you check that box for me real quick? The, the people think it's a virtue getting more people to vote. I'm like, well, what if they're idiots? Like, wh- I mean, it's not by, they won't, by They wouldn't know. think that if it was more Republicans. Yeah. So what happens is, this is what the Democrats have been doing. I, I do not believe we're going to find any widespread fraud. I think I don't think so either. I, I think like uh, Bill Barr said, like there's fraud, but it's yeah. not that crazy. And I think that's the I think it's correct. I do think we need security. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be ridiculous to reduce security. We need open source code in these voting machines. But what's happening is with universal mail-in voting, Democrats have all of these nonprofits to go door to door, knocking on every door and saying, "Do you vote yet? Do you vote yet? Do you vote yet?" It's right there. Before they had that. They would knock on the door and say, make sure on September 14th, mm-hmm. you go vote. And they go, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. And then September 14th would come around and they'd be like, I'm not going anywhere. But now with a month of print out your own ballots, mm-hmm. they have that in California, if you're approved, mail-in, universal mail-in voting. Now that the Democrats have a month to go door to door to all of these people and say, can you fill that out right now? Just fill it out right now. You know you got to fill it out. And they'll go, okay, fine, fine. I'll fill it out. Don't recall. Here, done. I'm done. Right? What do I do with it? Just put it in your mailbox. Mailman, let's come take it. Okay. That's what they've been doing. And the Republicans, 
don't have this ground game. So there's a lot of a lot of Trump supporters who think some like they were making fake ballots. And I'm like, dude, they're real. They're mail in ballots. The Republicans helped them do it in Pennsylvania. And then the Republicans did not go on the ground. And that's why Republicans disproportionately vote in person mm-hmm. because they because no one in the Republican districts. And you know, what the other thing is it's harder to do. When you're a Democrat and you walk into an apartment building with a thousand people in a massive building right. and you go knock on one door, vote, vote, vote. You walk 10 feet, knock on the door, yeah. vote. Republicans got to go house to house to house. It's a lot harder to do. That's why I think universal mail-in voting is bad because it disproportionately favors dense populations. Yeah. And we can't have that. That's because a really good point. They make yep. very, very bad voting decisions. Regardless of whether you think their vote's right or wrong, if you're giving an advantage to those who live in dense populations, then you're going to continually pressure left yeah. victories, right? Yeah. All right, let's see. There's a good one. Jacob Kruger says, it's funny and scary that Alex Jones has been right about so much, yet still seen as a whack job. What's the difference between conspiracy theory and fact now? A few weeks, get Nikki on the show. Well, Alex has said a bunch of crazy things. That's why. Yeah. Um, he said a bunch of things that turned out to be true, and that's fair. But when he was on it, like Rogan, and he was saying like the towers, the inter- interdimensional beings, and all this stuff, I'm like, dude, the frogs are gay now. When though. he said they're turning the freaking frogs, that was <laughs> hyperbole. So he's also hyperbolic, which I think right. has given him kind of tainted his uh, persona to a lot of people because it was making them hermaphroditic. This this enzyme or whatever atrazine. it was, atrazine, yeah. um, not but gay. not gay. Right. No, not gay. He he's admitted we, that. So we've had Steve Bannon a couple times, and we get so many comments from people being like, "Wow, I didn't realize he was actually like kind of a normal dude." Oh, I've met him a few times. He's the coolest guy I've, I've done. Shows but people with. think he's this fringe, crazy, mm-hmm. far right neo Nazi guy because of the media. Yeah. And for a lot of the people, I think that's why Steve likes you. Yeah. Like he came was, on the show twice. He saw me on a show in like December of 2019, and then like eight months later, someone just sends me a clip of he's like, "Yo, yeah, right. I saw the show with Matt." Palomo did a great job, and I was just—I don't—I was kind of blown away that he remembered who I was. I think he—he um, uh, he, he came on twice. After the first time, he was like, you know, I'll come back. And I think it's because there's a lot of people who watch us who are like fairly moderate, yeah. who have maybe only ever heard of him from the mainstream media. Yeah. And then when you actually hear him talk, it was funny. He said he was far right, and then he says he wants to tax the rich, and I'm like, Steve, that's not far right. That's like pretty left. And he goes, No, I'm I'm far right, and I'm like, No, that's not. He goes, Well, I'm a populist, and I'm like, Right, right, yeah. you're a populist. And so when the media says far right and you think it's true, I'm like, people don't understand what that means, yeah. you know. But for, for for Steve Bannon to be like, tax the rich, we're getting ripped off, yeah. I'm like, that sounds more like Bernie than I anything. And it is more common of like the European far right where they're like, you know, big on anti-immigration. But, you know, when it comes to taxes, they're, you know, more liberal on that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, he's not, a, you know, completely one-dimensional or anything. Yeah, he's really grounded. Yeah, just, I don't know, a very nice guy. It, it's just weird the, uh, the image that's been created around him is like if – you know, if I met him and didn't know a single thing, I'd just be like, oh, he's a nice old man. You know what I love about him is he's excited yeah. for the future. It's great to be around him. Yeah. Victor Dimitrov says, any plan for Timcast to make games? We are in desperate need for more game devs that aren't woke and aren't in the hellhole cities. Mm. Too many games have sacrificed quality in favor of pushing uh, an agenda. We have two video games in development. They've been in development for some time. It's difficult. It takes a long time. And we've, we're going to be incorporating uh, very interesting new technologies into these games to make them alive outside of the game as well. It's going to be awesome. We're working on a roguelike game. I've actually posted a video of it. We should probably, we I think we should we should maybe make an announcement at some point about one of the games. Yeah. Let's talk about it after the show. That's yeah, because it's a uh, it's, it's a roguelike. It's a normal game. Um, and it's going to be really, really fun. And we're going to make it an immortal living game where, like, we have regular updates, different levels, procedurally generated stuff. And we've got a bunch of crazy ideas that are going to make 
probably one of the most fun games you'll ever play. The industries are, are are combining. I've found all these industries: the movie industry, the video game industry, the economics. The it's just becoming one. The VR, you know, you're going to be in this world of reality, sub-reality. So we're stepping into that. All right, Dragon Lady says, "Dang it, haven't been able to be to be around the last few days due to a hospital stay. Maddening. No internet reception available." I feel so relaxed now being able to tune in to Tim and Lydia, and I'm even glad to hear Ian. I love you. Seriously, hugs to Ian. <laughs> Who said that? I love you. Dragon Lady. Dragon Lady. Well, I, I don't think you. Dragon Lady's a fan of me. Thanks, uh. G. <laughs> She'll get to know you. Excellent. Rick Ortiz says, Tim, not financial advice, but do you have faith in both AMC and GMC stonks? Also, you're a nerd, Ian. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I have AMC stock, um, and, I, and I, I didn't actually buy it when like the whole thing started. Because I was like, I don't want to do that. But I actually bought it because of cover restrictions. Because I was thinking two things. What is the one thing I want to do when they lift restrictions? Movie. I want to go to the movies, man. That was I my logic. I bought it, and then the first meme wave I just sold when it was like 20 or something. I, I'm, I, I got I, it for I got like it. three, and I was like, whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to sell it because my concern isn't making money off of it. My thing was like, I love going to the movies, and I haven't been able to. And now we've gone to the movies a couple times. And it's fun. And also, that says to me... It's a good investment. You know why? I bet a lot of people feel the same way. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of the super stonk stuff where they're like, buy MC, the yeah. short people, you know, the, 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 the mother and, of all short. And they stuff. have all this extra cash in their balance sheet now that they can just kind of diversify right. if they need to or, or you know, use it to make do it anything. Even, make, makes it an even better investment. Yeah. Have you guys ever been to an IMAX theater? Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. oh geez. I saw Avatar in the IMAX. Yeah. Dude, go see an IMAX movie. Mm-hmm. What I did saw, I see? I think I saw Indiana Jones in the Crystal what's, Skull in IMAX. What's I haven't seen it. What's the Paradox movie? I can't remember what the hell it's called. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, yeah. Inception. Oh, Inception. Inception. Yeah, I saw that in IMAX. It was very good. Oh, cool. Whoa. Yeah. That must have been twisted. IMAX is fun. <laughs> I still don't know what happened, but yeah, it was a good movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I fell asleep during that movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think it was my fault. Brewmaster Monk says, NFTs sound like a great way to prove you're at an important cultural event. Like, imagine getting one from attending a concert and being able to display these badges on a dating profile. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Yeah. We should rip this guy's idea off. But, but, that, but you, don't need, you don't need NFTs for that. Like so, we're we're planning an event, and we're going to be sorting out the details. It's probably going to be October twenty third. We could just issue a token, and there's only three hundred of them. Huh. So it, they're they're fungible, yeah. but they're there's just three hundred, right? Yeah. They don't got to be NFTs. Um, you could issue utility tokens, yeah. But I guess you could do three hundred NFTs. Probably yeah, of the yeah, event, you can, yeah, yeah, that actually makes sense because then you have it'll be called like, and and the data within them will be one of three hundred, two of three hundred, three yep. of three hundred, and then someone will be like, I went to the event and I got the NFT three of three hundred or mm-hmm. one of, and then the person's going to want that number one, yeah, big time. And then what do you? Is that all it is? Yeah, it's yeah. basically an art project. Yeah, at least right now it is. There might be better uh, utilities that come out for it. All right, let's see. There was a super chat and it just disappeared. And it was about Cardano. And I want to read it. Oh, there you go. Goblin Hand says, Tim, you promised us Charles Hoskinson. What happened there? When? He's probably in, he's probably the coolest billionaire you will ever meet. And you can talk not only crypto with him, but Liberty as well. He's a Wyoming guy. I mean, we, we, uh, an open invite. Yeah. We run in the same circles. Come on, Charles. He can come on whenever he wants to come I, on. Wyoming's got great crypto laws. I'd love to talk to him about it. Oh, what's it, Wyoming? Yeah. Oh, isn't their senator really into it? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's cool. Speaking of secession, why don't we just, like, take over a state like that? Like, <laughs> that it would be really exciting to start a new community like, somewhere. They tried to do that in New Hampshire, the libertarians, I think. They're um, working on it, yep. yeah. 
Lord of Avion says, Tim, how do you feel about the quartering saying you want a civil war? He doesn't listen to my videos mm. because like I've consistently said one of the worst possible things for us in the world would be if we if we fracture, then China wins mm -hmm. and China is our greatest adversary. But it's funny that he's, he's, he uses the, the leftist talking point that by talking about something happening, you want it to happen. Mm -hmm. That's like it, it's kind of a, a it, it's a weird thing to say. Because it's completely irrelevant to the conversation, completely irrelevant to the argument. If the Atlantic writes a story saying a historian says we're tracking like ancient Rome and we will have a civil war, and we've had a Princeton professor say it, we've had numerous articles about security experts saying it, we have leftist pundits and right wing pundits saying it, we have Sarah Silverman saying secede, New Hampshire's trying to secede, and then I go, man, sounds like civil war. Ah, Tim wants it to happen. Let me let me offer a little counterpoint because if a kid, say for instance, is holding a knife and you're like, hey. Put that down. You're going to hurt yourself. Then the kid starts thinking, I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to hurt myself. And then might end up hurting themselves. I As think that's psychotic. I know it is psychotic. No, I think what you're arguing right now if is If you psychotic. tell someone, it's kind of the way you phrase things. I think ultimately, not you particularly, but just the way things are phrased to people can kind of guide them towards ways. And maybe you've said things like, it's going to happen. So he thinks the, that means you want it to. The counterpoint, though, is that it really hurts stabbing yourself. Which yeah. As made... opposed to like, put that down. It's safer if you yeah, put it down. yeah, yeah. People have, you know, if, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't think that makes sense. But the, the point is, imagine seeing a fire and then being like, that might burn the house down. That fire is going to spread. It's going to spread. He wants the fire to spread. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's the it's worst disturbing. possible thing. It's going to destroy the neighborhood. And then, the, and then the, 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 the rival high school is going to take over. And they're like, he just wants the fire to happen. It's like, okay, uh, I guess I'm done telling people there's going to be a fire. You've warned us, but now, now it's your job is to help us solve it. That's the crazy thing too. It's like a lot, most of what I do is kind of just like observational. Like a lot of my, my videos uh, on conflict in China, it's funny when they're like, Tim Pool's so biased. And I'm like, have you ever like watched one of my videos that gets substantially more views? I will get way more views talking about like, uh, uh, uh if I did a, if I did a segment on Biden and the drone strike. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a drone strike was ordered here. The I did one segment talking about 30 minutes. The military was 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 uh, reducing contracts in desert theater warfare uh, uh, ordnance and, and military gear and stuff like that, and was shifting to Pacific theater, which was indicative of a, th a greater threat from China. Now that especially with uh, it also was a sign that of the withdrawal mm -hmm. with Afghanistan, and it was ridiculously dry. There wasn't me going like I can't believe these Democrats are going. Bah! It was me literally saying. Joe Biden announced that the Pentagon would be reducing its purchasing of, and it's just like 30 minutes of really dry stuff. And they accused me of wanting war by literally reading military reports and purchasing reports and saying like, guys, it really does sound like the U.S. is going to be shifting in this direction mm -hmm. and this will put pressure on China. Thucydides trap, blah, blah, blah. I think it's a ridiculous argument. Also, I think Jeremy is a very much a person-oriented show. So for me, when I'm like, Take a look at this report about conflict, and the segment is literally about the the allusions to ancient Rome and like potential conflicts and history repeating itself. And then you have other channels like Jeremy, where he talks about people and you know what people do. It's just very different. Jeremy's not going to make a video talking about the merits of civil war because he's a people channel. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they're they're channels that focus on like individuals and individual culture. And then we talk about – that's why I usually don't name people. Mm, when yeah. I'll be like – we did it several times today. I don't say their names because I'm more interested in the ideas that's being conveyed by the person right. and not getting into petty drama about them. 
Also, I didn't know he said that anyway, so I'm assuming he did, but whatever. <laughs> it's, it's what, it's what the left says over and over again. Like, the Princeton professor can come out and say it, and they'll let, they'll, he gets a free pass. Then Do you I mean come like out. Kevin Cruz douchebag, or? Who? Oh, it's the Princeton professor oh. that I hate, but no, go ahead. <laughs> no, he, some, some Princeton professor came out several years ago, said we're in a cold civil war. And then I go, hey guys, look at that. He said, and they're like, you want a civil war, don't you? And I'm like, no, I really don't, because China will then take over. Sarah Silverman seems to want balkanization, though, so. That's good for her. Yeah. All right, let's see. We'll grab a couple more. Jim Pina says, you have a game project. I have 20 plus years in the industry, so I'll keep an eye on, uh, on this in case I could contribute. We, we re- we need a, a lead dev. Yeah, like um, a full stack dev. Well, full stack, I don't know if they're going to do the game stuff for us. Oh, okay. We need but a we lot need of a full people. Stack dev too. <laughs> let's go slow. One, one dev at a time. We need a, we need a legit game dev who knows, um, what, what are we using? Game maker? Is that what yeah. Game Maker? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, n- it's not even that complicated. It's just mostly tedious. But we need someone who can streamline through these projects because we got too much on our plates. Jobs at TimCast.com. And uh, I, I think we might already have a ton of people who applied. But feel free to email us. And, uh, well, we'll uh, it's Friday night. We'll do one more. Jordan Olson says, love your show. Please shout out Smiley's Rescues, a no-kill, cage-free dog and cat sanctuary Aww. that is run by my girlfriend, a freedom-loving American. Cool. Right on. Shout out, Smiley's. Thanks for hanging on this Friday night. Smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. You can follow me at TimCast. You can become a member at TimCast.com. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL, basically everywhere. You want to shout out anything before we go, Matt? Um, I'll plug my own book for the second time. Uh, the Man Behind the Curtain, The Secret Network of George Soros on Amazon, Martha Noble. Get it. And I don't want to... You have another book too, right? Uh, so it's actually somehow my second book I've published this year, or well, I've published. Um, yeah. Other one, it's about de Blasio and Cuomo, um, and just kind of a, a brief history of them ruining New York. Uh, it's called Dumb and Dumber. Uh, gimmicky title, but a uh, you know, good book. Uh, obviously, I would say that. Um, might be a bit dated now, but I, I think it's also an enjoyable read. Where can people follow you on? Uh, on um, only on Twitter, unfortunately. I, I, website's kind of a hell site, but um, uh, Matt Palumbo12 on Twitter. Um, that's the only place I'm at. Nice to see ya. Hey, man, check me out. Ian Crossland, anywhere on the internet. Love you. See you later. Cool. We were talking about NFTs and we were talking about rap, and it made me think of one of my favorite artists called NF. He is a Christian. He writes about philosophy. He's very talented, so you guys should check him out for sure. And you guys should also follow me on Twitter at Sarah Patch Lids because I'm very close to beating Sarah Patch Kids and Followers. That's my only goal in life. <laughs> Make sure you go to YouTube.com slash Cast Castle to watch the shenanigans that happen every day in this facility, which are likely just to get more shenanigans as more and more people come. But um, that's one of that's our new our latest show and our new show. We're having a meeting on to prepare for the launch next week. Graphics, marketing materials, accounts, all that good stuff. And we even have, I think, like two episodes ready to launch. It's a great show. You're going to love it. And, you know, the, as I always say, you just get started. We're going to start it up. We're going to slowly make it better and better and better. And we got a lot of great new stuff coming for TimCast.com. So that being said, thanks for hanging out, everybody. And we will see you all Monday. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.